Hello and welcome to Net That Hall. This is the uh, fifth episode, I think, of the preseason. It's the Roast My Team special with Robert Ducky and Greenback Golfer as our special guest, aka Luke. I'm just going to quickly bring them into the show. Chris is joined by surprise. He only had internet connected in the last 20 minutes. So, surprise <laughs> appearance. Nice to see him here, I guess. How are good you doing, mate? You. Yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, obviously, the Arsenal player right now and Jesus isn't on the bench. So, I'm sure that will come into discussion when we roast some of these teams later. But without further That's ado, good. special guest Ducky here. First time on the show. One of our longest serving haulers on the channel. Good to be here with you, mate. How are you doing? Evening, gentlemen. Very well. Nine days to go. Final plans. Thought it was sorted and someone got cropped. Always nice. So, yeah, looking forward to it. We'll definitely talk about your plans. As you say, nine days to go, single digits now. But I know that Luke is going to have something to say about your 18-week plan because with nine days to go, it's too much for him to fathom. But Greenback Golfer, welcome to the show. Another one of our long-standing haulers. It's nice to do this with both of you here and do something a bit ad hoc and I hope we can do more of this throughout the season but yeah how are you doing Luke? Yeah pretty good thanks for having me a little insight into the uh, background of the show there uh, one extra viewer as Chris had his phone on there that was the double introduction I think with the uh, there you go the singing in the background um, yeah great to be on uh, obviously it's someone else it's not me someone else was doing it I cannot take that Mine was that was me that was me I think I was that's when uh, I looked to the go. right and I was trying to mute YouTube as fast as I could. It was it was Chris's face, so I thought he'd given it away. But no, you, well, we've got two extra viewers then, them, themselves on their phones. You, you know go. what Chris's face was for, actually, just before we go into it? It was because as soon as I hit go live, there was a sound made before I pressed <laughs> the intro music. And I know it came from him because of his reaction. And you <laughs> noticed his reaction, so that reaffirms my thoughts. I knew it was going to happen, but it's okay. So I've been told I can't swear, by the way. So what I've done is I've put it on a T-shirt, especially for, for our friend, Mr. Greenback Golfer. Swing, swear, repeat. There we go. That's my golf rules. The Mariners golf rules. Swing, swear, repeat. And keep doing it. Pretty I love it. So as, as is the kind of tradition this preseason, we've got both the guests to give us their FPL philosophy. And we've also got their Game Week 1 teams to have a little look at. So I think we'll start with those for the first 10, 15 minutes of the show. And then we're going to go and screen share the tweet with all of the submissions of the teams. And we're going to go through all of them. So I don't know how long that will take. Hopefully we can be out here by 9.30. That's still an hour and 40 minutes from now. So let's see how we get on. Um, if it descends into pandemonium, keep us going in the live chat, please. Make sure that you keep us honest. So without further ado, let's go to uh, Ducky's philosophies of FPL. I brought your AI-generated uh, image into here for the podcast viewers who... I'm missing this delight. But yeah, why don't you talk us through some of your rules? And I think this might make more sense when you talk about your 18-week plan afterwards. Yeah, well, it's not rocket science, really. It's um, at the very beginning, you, you want to play it safe and simple. Uh, go with the herd if you think the herd are correct. Um, take account of effective ownership, especially with the captain, because um, you want to be in the hunt. You know, there's no point risking Unless you've got a real gut on a certain player, by all means... Play your own game, but don't go differential for the sake of it at the end. Go for it at the, at the beginning. Go at the end if you're chasing. Um, another one, play a little season, play a little attention to preseason. Yeah, I mean, I've learned over the years that preseason can mean absolutely nothing. We've seen some teams go unbeaten in preseason, look absolutely amazing. And then when it comes to the shock of the, of the Premier League start, 
you know, the point when we don't get a win in the first four games. So the only time pre-season is in handy is uh, when you get teams like Chelsea, brand new team, we don't even know what formation they were going to do, how they're going to set up. But like your team, Arsenal, how is Arteta going to bring all those new signings into it? So it can give you clues in certain teams, but for the majority of them, they're literally everybody's getting minutes. There's a variety of formations, and we're trying to second-guess what they're going to do. Look at Brighton, for example. I don't think we really have any clues from the, the way Brighton had their preseason. who's going to be in the starting eleven. Um, yeah, as I said, pay attention to Captain EO. I think one of my best recent seasons, a few years ago, I really, effective ownership became very popular. You can call it Captain Sensible, but really, you can have a great differential team, but having keeping an eye on who the effective ownership is of the captain will just keep you with the masses, or you won't fall too far behind. Normally, it's a logical captain, um, but just be aware of it. The dangers, I suppose, of going differential, especially with your captain. Um, as I said at the end, if you have a strong opinion on a certain player, still go for it. I mean, don't let others dictate what you're going to do. I think that's really interesting because obviously, when you look at kind of early on in the season, if you especially add in the captain EO part of the conversation there, that's when it feels kind of like if you do fall behind these days with the amount of information out there. Like I, I learned this last season, the slog to come back is insane. If you kind of save those going against the EO, captain CEO decisions for a few times a season when you believe there are gains to be had, your gut is there, as you say, especially towards the end of the season when you might just want to make that final push. Like last year, I still played captain EO ducky when it came to like the Isaac and Wilson choice. And I know Mariner did. That week, obviously, Wilson was the lower EO. And that was maybe the week where you could argue that that could have changed your season if you'd gone against captain EO that week. But it was later in the season, it was... You know, you're really going for it. You push for it, make or break. And I regret not doing it, to be honest. So I think what I really like about what you said is there are different ways to play at different parts of the season. And you've got to kind of figure out your play style is one thing. I always says play your way, but your way isn't the same throughout the season. And I think we forget that sometimes. We just kind of assume that our way of playing is always the same, but new information comes in, opportunities arise, and you've got to take those when you can. So I think that that's very interesting stuff. Yeah, I was having a shocking season last season because I actually had Haaland in my team from the beginning, but for whatever reason, I didn't captain him for the first three weeks. And it was almost season over, you know, after three weeks because I didn't captain Haaland. And the template is going to be really strong this season because whether you followed the template last season and you well did well or you didn't, and it's pure fear that if you don't do it this season. And in terms of what you said, in terms of there's a time to listen to effective EO and why not to, I was... I had to find a way to enjoy the game last season in the second half. And I was something like 350 points behind a mini-league leader. So I set my target. Can I catch him? Can I not? So I played steady. But when there was a time to gamble, that's when you took it. And if it pays off three times out of five, that's where you make the games. Yeah, so. I think there's definitely a lot of luck, but you put yourself in those positions to get lucky. And when it doesn't pay off, on to the next season, dust yourself off and... Here we go again in nine days. So I'm hoping to bounce back from my worst season in eight seasons. And it sounds like you had some tough times recently too, but I think next year we're all going to do well. All the guests, all the hosts, it's back to winning ways. But um, before we go to your game week one draft, Ducky, I think it'll be good to also do um, Luke's uh, philosophy. So we'll kind of keep that going and then we'll come back to the drafts and then go straight into the RMTs. So in terms of your philosophy, Luke, so for the podcast viewers who can't see this, I recommend you come here, seven minutes, 50 seconds. And you just got to see this site for yourself. It's essentially Luke pondering his game week one team <laughs> while standing there with the putt over the golf course. So um, it's an interesting sight to behold. But why don't you tell us your quote from Stephen Covey, your FPL philosophy for the season? 
So um, Stephen Covey, uh, for those of you that don't know him, is uh, an American educator. So I assumed without Gabe here, we needed a, a, an American educator in the room. Um, so we've gone for, my, my kind of philosophy is based around synergy. So the combined effect of individuals in collaboration that exceeds the sum of their individual efforts, which sounds a little bit complicated. But basically, if you put it in a nutshell with FPL, we've all, there's one thing that we've all got in common, and that's that we've got 100 million right to spend at the start. And that's pretty much the only thing that's in common at the start. And the way that you go about spending that is down to you, right? There's nobody dictating how you do it. There's the cap that you've got to meet and you make a decision on the players that you get. So for a lot of managers out there, they'll they'll have four garbage players, okay? So they'll have four really poor players on the bench that may come on or get them two points. But the reality of how I play the game is completely different. Uh, and I've always played it this way where I've gone for pretty much 15 strong options, probably 14 because I usually duff one of the goalkeepers. Um, but it's usually 14 strong options that I could viably play each week. Um, and the reason for that is things change so quickly. Um, and in terms of price rises, especially early in the season, it's easy to change to players that are going to price rise. But ultimately, if you've got a few lower prices that you think might fly, i.e. going back a couple of years, Lundstrom came good. Uh, and this year, you'll see in my draft, I've got Ashley Young. Um, and I think he could go really well. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds crazy. Um, but when you look at it, it's 4.5. He could play midfield. He could play in defence. You've got a Sean Dyche team that keep clean sheets quite possibly. And if he plays further forward, Ashley Young can score goals. It's as simple as that. I'm a Villa fan, known him for a long time, and he's got that ability to turn it on its head. And at 4.5, I think it's a good option. So I always try and look out for those players early um, so that I'm not trying to jump onto them. I assume, Obviously, it's always hard to pick them, um, but I try and look ahead at that and see who, I, who might do that. And I think he's a, a really good shout this year. So that's why I say... That combined effect is what I look for before I even go ahead and just put my eggs all in one basket. I'm trying to spread the money around a bit um, early doors. Yeah. With that in mind, are you Sorry, someone who would consider bench boosting in game week one, spreading those funds around, uh, getting it out of the way? Or are you, you see this every preseason, it becomes a bigger thing. And I, I've never agreed with I it. I don't so. think so. I don't think so. And I think it comes back to what you guys say week in, week out. In the first few game weeks, you pretty much know nothing, right? So although although it might be, you know, my hunch that Ashley Young's going to go well or my hunch that, you know, Chilwell might score against Liverpool or anything like that that I think could happen, the reality is we don't know exactly how teams are setting up. We haven't got the true reflection on what's going to happen game week to game week. So as far as I'm concerned, playing those chips early is just a way for, for you to try and get ahead. But ultimately, I think it always hits you in the end. So it would never be an option that I'd go for early. I think you've got to know what, what's going on. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting because I've always kind of not been of that school of thought. But I was interested to see what you thought. Chris, what, what were you thinking about the philosophy? And then we'll go into the teams. I mean, I, I don't understand it as usual, so that's fine. So there's a good start. But I, I mean, look, I, I see your point about spreading the wealth to a certain extent. I mean, the only thing I would say is that 
I, I just look at it from a perspective of wanting to get to game week three without making a transfer. That's all mm -hmm. I do. I don't, I don't spread it that far because I may lose value in certain players. And I will certainly probably mark teams down on having too much on the bench tonight. That's what I normally would do. I would like to be able to think that you could look at a team and say, OK, I can see you've not planned a transfer in game week two. I think that's important. Um, I did last year and it, it, it immediately caused me a problem in game week three. I took a hit. A, a four-point hit in game week three can cost you half a million places. <laughs> and, then, and then you've got to, and again, like Nima said, you, I think we were both in the same boat, Nima, weren't we? We were both climbing back and it, it was very tough last year to make any ground. So I think the idea is try and start relatively safe, um, have, have a plan to get to at least game week, before you have to make any transfers at all, and and again, once we get to game week three, then you know why you can maybe take a you could maybe take a hit in game week three if you want to if you need to put things right because you can make a little mini mini wild card without hitting the button itself. Yeah, I think I think it's a great point. But what going back to Ducky's kind of philosophy, I think from what I follow and people that I see, especially good players, they all play in a very similar way in terms of this safety first then go in there. And for me, it's like, okay, we could all follow that method, right? But if, and I'm not saying it's going to work, you know, some seasons it does, most seasons it doesn't. But on the seasons that it does work and you get ahead early, you're in a position where you strength. Because if you're with the pack, trying to then differentiate from that pack is extremely difficult. So if you can jump ahead of it early, i.e. like Ducky, I had Haaland early on last season, captained him early and then made an absolute mess of it. So I, I was lucky enough to get ahead and then kind of blew it last year. I, I dropped really quick. I had a great first month and then probably tried to get a bit too clever. Um, and I think this yeah. year, the sense of maybe playing aggressively early and then trying to go a bit more defensive and then aggressive when I get to my chips. So it's just a slightly different way of going about it. I don't disagree with you. I think well, I'll give you an example. Both Nima and I, the year before last, had a brilliant start to the season, both of us. And um, I, I remember I had Ben Rama, mm -hmm. um, Antonio, I had <coughs> Greenwood <coughs> um, and a few others. Um, and for that reason, I had a really, really quick start. Yeah. And from, you know, when, you're, when you rank 30,000, 40,000 in game week one, you can play in a more defensive... Once you get two or three weeks in, you can start playing a little bit more defensive. My game actually suits a defensive mood, mode, in a sense, because I like to get into a position and then just sort of like drift, you know, make without having to, you know, sort of say force it. The one time I tried to force it, as Nima knows, it cost me. It cost me. And that was that Chelsea move towards the end of the season the year before last. But that, I think... I think the general point I would say to anybody listening or watching is there's no right or wrong way to play. You play FPL as you want to play FPL. And, you know, like I say, there's, 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 there's more, there's more than one road to Rome, isn't there? I should, I normally would say about skinning cats, but people don't like that. Oh, damn, I've just said it. Anyway, there we go. Um, we'll go um, to uh, Ducky's team next yes. and we can have a look at his game week one draft. This is obviously with Jesus in it, isn't it, Ducky? And then we have one without Jesus as well, with the latest news, obviously, just in case that turns out to be serious. Yeah, yeah. So this is just, this is a very obvious one, really. Um, 
I, for a long time, I was, uh, what was I? I was 352. Um, but this kind of, this, this idea really kind of centers on what we know about who started with, with um, Brighton. Because initially I was 352, had an extra strong midfielder, and had Ferguson upside uh, Haaland. But obviously, Ferguson had hardly any minutes in preseason. So I suddenly realized, well, who's looking more solid that's actually going to start? It's Welbeck. So I went back to a 3-4-3 and put Welbeck in. I'm looking for the three most... I'm trying to be very aggressive, which is unlike me for the first 30 fixtures. So who's looking like the three most now Brighton players? That meant it was Welbeck. So Richmond now is playing 3-4-3 because I'm not going to not have Haaland and I'm not going to not have Jesus. So it kind of forced me into that, that formation. And it kind of speaks for itself. You know, you, you really want to hit the top teams that just happen to also have some of the great, the best fixtures. So, look, it's not exactly rocket science here. It's, you know, Stupinan, Trent, Stones at the back. Saka, who I wasn't really mad on, but his ownership's kind of forced me um, to pick him. Foden, which I think is going to have a cracking season. Fernandes for United. Uh, Mitoma, then as I said, Welbeck, um, Haaland and Jesus. Now, I, I think Saka... He's a less of an example, but it does happen. I think Levin Bremo this preseason, where he becomes a bit of the flavour of the month, especially on the community. So his ownership's a little bit higher than everybody else's. More people join the game, not too sure who they want. to see a £6.5 million footballer in the game. He's around 15 20% owned. His ownership gets out of control. And his, his ability and what he's probably going to get doesn't reflect his ownership. And I think Saka's a little bit like that compared to everybody else. I mean, he's the highest-owned Arsenal midfielder. I don't know if his points extra is going to reflect this higher ownership compared to everybody else. I mean, Nima, you're the Arsenal guy, but it's... I mean, what's Saka now? 50% owned? It's a bit yeah, OTT for me. I think after um, Estupinian might be still the second highest-owned after Haaland, but I believe Saka's there or thereabouts, yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, to be honest, like I was a big advocate of Erdegaard last preseason because I like my central players. And he had a great season. Now, obviously, he's more. He's eight point five, but there's talk of him being more defensive. But I don't like seeing my midfielders heat map all the way down the wings. I like them central. They're going to be into the box more. I know Saka's on pens, although he can't take a pen to save his life. I don't even know if he's going to still be on them. But as I said, playing safe, his ownership has kind of forced my hand. Is part of that kind of staying with the pack yeah. early on situation. Um, the thing with him, I will say, is he did underperform his kind of expected uh, underlying attacking numbers last year. And there's talk about whether that's sustainable. Now, depends what you kind of think, right? I think for me at the moment, it's the fact that there isn't like an ample backup. So just from an expected minutes point of view, you do want probably two Arsenal attackers realistically, if not, some people are going for free, right? And if everyone's got Saka, it's actually the other one that's going to differentiate it for you, especially with this Jesus news. Maybe it opens up the likes of Havertz and Odegaard, as you were saying, and even Trossard, right? Eddie, there's options here if that injury proves to be important. So for me, not having Saka kind of feels like it just seems insane because I'm like, I'll have him and whatever happens, you know, there's literally a price island between him and then the kind of the two premium <laughs> midfielders above him. And that's about it. And it's about a four million gap. So really, you can go to any midfielder from there. And if I don't know, like, say, for example, which 6.5 to pick, having Sakura not getting brunted by that EO, if it does go really well at the beginning, 
and then being able to move off if it doesn't. It seems like it's the right route, but then I get another Arsenal attacker. And just one thing I want to say from a tactical point of view, because you might have an opinion on this. In the preseason so far, I've seen it's very hard for people, even last season, to kind of stop him from cutting in on his left foot and then just whipping that ball into the far post. And twice I've seen Havertz kind of show up there and score. Obviously, one time, albeit it was from Odegaard knocking it down to him, but I wonder if that's something we'll see as like a, another attacking option for Arsenal over the course of the season where Saka has someone to aim to and he is very good at cutting inside on that and delivering the cross. Like, it doesn't get blocked very often. So what are your thoughts on that, I guess, just from Havertz? And do you think maybe he could play centre-forward or is it likely to be someone like Eddie or Trossard? If yeah, well, I'll be honest. Yeah, my very ever first ever draft was I just threw plays in. Um, it was three Arsenal midfielders without really thinking about it because I wanted them all. Um, I think Havertz at 7.5 million could be one of the best players of the game. I mean, I was a huge fan of him. I'm a Chelsea fan. I was a huge fan of him at Chelsea. We didn't use him correctly. He's not a number nine. Um, the way he's going to be played at Arsenal is really going to suit his game. I, I'm i a huge Odegaard fan as well, and I was just feared to death that he was going to go deeper, which is great for Havertz, but if Odegaard is going to go into this deeper role, I don't think I really want him, but then I could see him arriving late. I still probably would take those two over Saka, <laughs> but it's the ownership of Saka. Um, funnily enough, you said about the attackers, I have Jesus. I don't have an Arsenal defender. I don't do triple up and I have a million in the bank because that's a, a plan I have. To I was going to ask about that because you do have a million in the bank. Is it worth reading out the team for the podcast listeners from the back just real quick? Um, I'll just read that out. So we have Anana in goal, Estupinian, Trent and Stones. Saka, Foden, Bruno and Mitoma make up the four in midfield. Harlan, Jesus and Welbeck. And I'm definitely going to now move on to asking about Welbeck. But in terms of the bench, we've got the ever-steady Ariola. I don't think I've seen another sub-goalkeeper this season on FPL Twitter. And then Balduk, Bayer and Nakamba, obviously. So that's just for the podcast listeners. Uh, 22 minutes in if you want to see the actual photo. But yeah, tell us a little bit about Welbeck as well. Because you say you don't do triple-ups. And then I see kind of Welbeck, Mitoma and Estupinian. So it, it just seems like I've got to pull you up on that. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't normally do my triple up, but I'm kind of caught this preseason that I want to be a little bit more aggressive. And I just every time, even today, I was looking at it, I wanted to get off a triple up. I'm just seeing that losing fixture, and I'm just like, well, how can you not go against? Well, how can you not go against a team tripling up against Luton? Now, this could be Luton's best game. It's their first game of the season. They're going to be really up for it. But Brighton are so good attacking wise. But the caveat to that is, who's going to start? And I honestly think these are the three most probable starters, The most one of the three the most nailed. Like you could debate that for hours. Um, what about Stones? That's just something else I want to ask about because some people are talking about not going with a City defender and um, Stones at 5.5, obviously, is quite an expensive option. I just I wonder what your thinking is there. I, I currently, I think, have Stones. I suppose you have Trent as well, so... Is this 3-4-3 kind of the new vogue? Because we asked at the beginning of the show, what formation are you going into the season with? And it seems to be a clear consensus between kind of 3-5-2 and 3-4-3. Um, I'm not seeing many 4-4-2s, but I'm sure we'll see some of those when we do the roasting of the teams. And not the roasting of the duck, but I, I want to say roast as much as I can because I know it makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, sweating here. I'm sweating, sweating. Um, before the prices even came out, um, even at the end of last season, I said the first two players I'll have on my team is Trent and Stones because of where they're going to play sometimes. Or if not, that's their brand new position being in that midfield. People argued that it's detrimental to Trent. 
I, don't, I think he's further forward and he's playing that role. He's he's in the middle of it a bit more. Look, I, I think I think Stones could be one of the best, most valued, among the best value players this season in that position. Have you seen um, the new school of thought about starting with a Stupinian for the first three and then moving him on to Stones afterwards? It seems to be a new but, thing well, that's shown up on Twitter today. Well, it depends. I may have a plan for those transfers anyway. So why waste it when you know you're going to do on it On a now? defender in the third week, yeah. I think I, I tend to agree. And if you have an 18-week plan, you're not looking to change defenders in game week three. So. Well, I'm not going to stick rigidly to that plan. What I liked about it, it, it kind of gave me a base of where I want to go, when, and why I want to go at that point. Because sometimes you're messing around with players you're not even going to play, bringing in a bit of money. And I know it's not going to go to plan with player rises, but I'm a, I'm a true believer of you're getting players in because of not just their ability, but a club they play for because the fixture is going to be good. So just get maybe another player from the same club. Because really, in that one-off game, you may be using or two. Anybody can end up being the guy who puts the ball in the back of the net or getting the assist. You know, the, the way we're going to be changing our team throughout the season because the way the fixture for them, there's going to be a variety of formations used. There's going to be a variety of players used. So don't, when you're going 3-4-3, three, three, think this is my formation for the season. It's not going to be because the fixtures don't work that way. You're going to be playing 3-5-2. You're going to be playing... I never played 4-5-1 when I did the 18 weeks, but it was a variety of about three or four different formations. Um, but yeah, and look, the Foden pick, I think Foden have a great season. I, it was a toss-up between him and Luis Diaz, but Luis Diaz, no, he scored today, but he's had... He has, he's had a pretty quiet minutes-wise pre-season. Um... But yeah, and look, the players I picked on the bench is just because when I might need them, they have favourable fixtures. But the Ariola goalkeeper, he's going to go to a much lower owned goalkeeper, you know, because he, he'll drop in value fairly soon. He's too highly owned. Yeah, I am looking at that. So why don't we quickly, before we go to Luke's team, just have a look at your kind of 1.5 million in the bank draft. For the podcast listeners, this one does actually have Havertz, as Ducky alluded to earlier. And it's still a 3-4-3, but it's with the news Jesus could be out. So this one is the same back line with Stones, Trent, Estupinan and Onana. This time we have Saka and Havertz in midfield with Bruno and Matoma again. And we have Nkuku instead of um, Jesus in this situation. The rest of the team is pretty much the same. So I guess this is what, a Nkuku and Havertz swap essentially for Foden and Jesus. So you lose the third uh, Man City player and you just go for those early fixtures with Arsenal and I guess my question is like, Havertz, everyone says he will start because he was bought for so much. But I've been of the school of thought and I got ridiculed for it. When I went on an above average, someone commented, I was like, this was a great episode, but then he didn't even know the right team at the end. And I was like, I just put it there to provoke discussion. Um, I was just saying that it's possible that, you know, party plays in the six and Rice plays in the eight, while Havertz gets used to playing left center mid in this kind of new system that He's now being asked to change the way he plays after a couple of years and not be the false nine. And I was ridiculed for it. But today, that was the team that started. So. Yeah, I can I completely agree with you. I think I think Nottingham Forest at home, I think, yeah, absolutely throw Havertz in, in that position, play in that forward position. But I'm guaranteeing you now, when they're playing away or they're up against the car, he's a luxury player. He's not going to play every game. There's no chance. Because if they if they need more stability, Havertz doesn't play. If you've got to pick Odegaard or Havertz, you're not picking Havertz. It's People say game. it's just because of the money spent that he will start every game, right? Not now, um, 
I don't think that's the case. Now, if he adjusts very well and he does that kind of Xhaka role, then obviously there's huge opportunity. And I agree with Ducky that it could be one of the most incredible values in the game. Um, you know, last year, Xhaka got seven goals, seven assists. You know, Bruno's in most teams or a lot of teams this preseason. He got seven goals, eight assists last year. So, you know, if Havertz is better in the final third than Xhaka was and Havertz does get the minutes or you get on him in the right purple patch, it could be incredible value, as Ducky says. It's just about timing when that is. And for me, it's kind of waiting to see. Um, I think the big games where you're playing like the cities away, Liverpool away, United away, I do expect to see that if Party isn't leaving, that he would utilise those two together. I, I just can't imagine why he wouldn't. And I think people have got to get the idea of starters and bench players out there ahead with Arsenal. Arteta's tried to build a team where there's two players for every position. People are asking, why is Raya even being bought? What a waste of money. It's not a huge ceiling raiser. And it's just about... You know, we're sending free goalkeepers this summer and an opportunity came. We didn't want a goalkeeper, but this was the keeper he wanted a few years ago when Brentford got promoted. It didn't happen. Ramsdale was the plan B then. He brings him in to play the cup games and hopefully that lights a fire under Ramsdale's ass, right? Um, either he kind of fights for his place and guarantees his number one shirt or someone else does. But that means the Arsenal goalkeepers are kind of a no-go. And right now, Ramsdale, I think, is the second most owned goalkeeper in the game after Ariola. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like close to deadline. Are you are you happy with Ramsdale? Because I watch him and I think, and I said this on Sunday, and somebody brought me up on it and didn't agree with me in a different stream. I said, if it's a bit harsh, I said if Arsenal can see ten goals, I think I said six of them could be because Ramsdale didn't stop the shot. I think that could be the case. I'm, I'm just getting a. He seems to be a poor shot stopper. So, I'm so I think one thing I will say about Ramsdale is obviously, he, so he was brought, so Leno was brought in because he was like an upgrade on check in terms of ball playing uh, with his feet. And then Ramsdale got brought in because he was an upgrade on Leno for ball playing with his feet. And Ramsdale's only 25. And when you look at like, the prime age of goalkeepers, generally it starts from 27. So he's still a couple years away. And obviously they extended his contract. They intend to see him here for a while, but he was maybe getting complacent, I would say, Ducky. And I think he's the kind of player where maybe Arteta doesn't have the time and luxury to wait for him to reach his peak and see if he does reach that kind of ceiling of talent that he has. But right now, Raya is very close to him. They both have different strengths and weaknesses that each other kind of excel at, right? So I think Raya's shot stopping is probably better at the moment. And to an extent, his distribution, you know, his long balls and stuff, they, they, they are more successfully converting. But I think maybe Ramsdale's kind of character where when you watch him away from home, that's where we kept most of our clean sheets last season. And he almost needs those people that he wants to prove wrong. And all those people who are hating on him and screaming at him, the rival fans, he loves that shit. So I, I think he thrives in this competition and he understands and he, he's not going to take his spot for granted. But overall, I agree with you. Like, Raya could easily take that first number one jersey and um, that makes both of them a no-go. Overall, though, I yeah. do think Ramsdale is going to start the season and like Raya, if he signs, would be the cup keeper. So it'll be back to those Wenger days of having like a cup keeper. I don't know if it always works though, right? Because normally after one year, one of them leaves. Yeah, and what I will say before I move on, that seemed like a really straightforward move to make, but it took me half an hour because there's a game week two and game... We won't go into it now. There's a game week two and game week three team there in terms of transfers. And there's a reason why I picked those two. And you see my, my wage actually went by 1.5. That gets spent in game week three and game week two. Um, and it reflects the fixtures. So, and that's it. Because very quickly, we want Brighton out, you know, so. 
Cool. So we're going to quickly do Luke's team and then we're 31 minutes in. So we're just going to have a quick look here. Some of the stuff we discuss, obviously, in this section will be relevant to the players people have when we rate their teams. So we won't kind of repeat the same things and same conversations. But throughout the course of the show, we're going to aim to go through every team that was submitted. And we'll generally have covered it at some point while looking at maybe previous drafts too, but we will give a rating. So why don't we go for yours, Luke? So for the podcast listeners real quick, so there's a double city defence. We have Anana in goal, Shaw in defence as well. So double Manchester defences. Ruben Diaz and Stones. We have Odegaard, Bruno, Foden, Salah, Saka, Ja Pedro and Cuckoo. On the bench we have Ferguson, Young, Chilwell. Talk us through this. Obviously, there's a no Haaland draft. I, I like that this came up before the RMTs so that I can see Chris's reaction as well and Ducky's Captain Eod reaction to this. Yeah, so simply put, really, I mean, if, you, if you're not going Haaland, you've got to pick up City elsewhere, haven't you? I mean, you've got to make sure you cover that. And ultimately, if you're going anywhere else, it's defence. I mean, last year they conceded 33 goals. The only other team that were anywhere near them was Newcastle and they've got a rough start. So pretty much going double City at the back. And to be honest, those are the only two that I could pretty much guarantee, I think, are going to start practically every game, um, especially early doors until they get into the rotations, Champions League and whatnot. And obviously, Guardiola looks like he's going to be coming in, which will probably take Ake's spot, if we're being honest about it. Um, and cracking through it, really, I mean, the midfield, when you don't have Haaland, you can spread the, spread the funds, exactly like I said. I appreciate, yes, he could go very well. He, he could do well as captain, EO, all of that. Um, but ultimately, when you've got options like Odegaard at home against Forest, I mean, Forest were awful away from home last year. I don't think it's going to get any better this year. I think they'll be fine at home and I think they'll do well in the league. I think they'll, they'll be there or thereabouts in terms of pushing towards that top half. Um, but in terms of away from home, I think they'll still be poor. Odegaard's going to score plenty of goals. I like the fact that Odegaard's a bonus point magnet. I think that's a massive thing that gets overlooked. I think last year he may have had the most bonus points. I haven't even double-checked that. But he, yeah, especially he out of the Arsenal players. Week he was getting bonus points. Yeah, no, so, he, he definitely did. He did. Um, I guess the question is whether Ducky was worrying he might play a little bit deeper. So mm -hmm. the question was whether he might kind of stay back if there is a midfield free which has Havertz in it um I think overall though you'd still expect quite a healthy return from Odegaard and in terms of expected minutes we talked about Saka being one of the more guaranteed players of the team you would probably argue from the attackers Odegaard would be the second most if not equally most uh, guaranteed of minutes so there is the argument for the Saka Odegaard double up I see that is the Odegaard captaincy for the podcast viewers just real quick is that deliberate and then we'll go to the roasting of the teams yeah, it is really. Um, and again, it's from the it's from the bonus point magnet. The fact that they're playing Forest at home, I can see a clean sheet as well in that game for them. Obviously, the midfielder, it's only an extra point, but an extra point can make the difference. Um, kind of looking at it that way. Uh, and if I just go through, obviously, based off Duckies as well, when he was talking about which Brighton player is going to play, I, I still can't really pick it. But I think they're, I think Jao Pedro... They bought him in for a reason, and I think ultimately he's going to start. I would be shocked if he doesn't, uh, but at the same time, maybe he won't. I don't know. They did so well last year. They may start with a solid team. They may go with March, Matoma, tr tried and trusted, and then build them in. I don't know, but I'm quite happy to take that punt. on the This looks like a bench boost team to me, Luke, if I ever saw any. Um, <laughs> Akib asks as well. I think... Um, 
for me, I like to have a much cheaper bench. Obviously, seeing Ferguson and Chilwell there kind of gives me a bit of anxiety, but I guess it makes sense what you're saying. Um, and going against Haaland at the same time, but if Salah pops and Haaland doesn't for a few weeks and you ride that wave, you might be coming out of it top, you know, 5K, 10K, four That's weeks it. in. I'm going to be bottom of the mini league or top. It's simple as that, really. There's going to be no, there's going to be no middle ground. So it's one of those you just kind of go for it and work your way back, or try and stay in front. So that's mm. the that's the kind of strategy there. So yeah, let's crack on to other people. Yeah, I think what you've got to do is if you can get that City clean sheet, yeah, or again that United clean sheet, there's two hundred percent there against a fifty percent total, roughly fifty percent total EO Manchester City defence right now. Yeah. Stones is by far the highest owned uh, Man City defender. The rest of them are all five, six, seven percent. So you know you can make your ground there. The issue is how much you're going to, you know, it's it's. So I can see that in a sense how you might be able to cover by, but you've got to obviously hope that you get those clean sheets. And again, I think the the United double defence as well. I think for me that is maybe a little bit. I think that's a lot more risky. Personally, um, I'm not too sure how many clean sheets they're going to actually keep after Wolves. I think they'll probably keep a clean sheet against Wolves, but I think mm -hmm. after that, I'm not quite sure. I think the United defence for me is kind of backed upon the fact that I've got Young and Chilwell there. So yeah. it might not be played every week. I think that's the point of that for me. And again, yeah. it's down to the structure that I play with, not trying to go for all eggs in one basket, kind of spreading it around mm -hmm. a little bit. Gives me that option. And like I say, if Young goes well, like I think he will, and he's got a few home games and he's playing left wing or he's playing left back and attacking, you never know. So it's kind of just how got much that have you got in the bank, man? How much, that, Luke? How much, yeah, how much do you have? That, that's bang on level. That, is that's okay. 100 bang on. Yeah, that is. That is. And so, I, could okay. drop, I could drop Ferguson down because let's be honest, we don't really know what's going on there, but I just really like the player. I think he's excellent. I, he's, amazing. he's an amazing player. I really love yeah. him as well, but I just won't. He was in my very first draft, but then he left very, very quickly. Your, your Pedro and Ferguson um, combination. I just feel it's a bit of nightmare. a nightmare. Pedro and Ferguson. Is I've been always benched the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a super, it's a super, but the reality is playing this way, the nightmare is that you get, you end up with 20 points on your bench and you throw in, you're throwing your remote controller at the wall halfway through the day. It's one of those. But it, but it's huge ceiling. So, like, with the two double yeah. defences as well. few okay. clean sheets, you know, you get two clean sheets from both those teams in the first three weeks, and, oh, my God, you're laughing. Um, forget any of your attackers returning. You'll be flying already. Let's uh, I've got, I've got I've, my I've, shared screen. Yeah, sorry, go on. Why don't you say something I've about all, this team? I've, cool. I've always found that um, the double defence ends up buying you on the ass, and mm -hmm. it's, it's better being getting one strong defender from each team and then you've got a quality cheap defender who which is where you pay attention to the fixture ticket that say even like Everton they could get a good run of fixtures so I, I wouldn't bother with the double defense and I'll get two decent cheap defenders one issue I have with young is I looked at well I did a bit of maths even if he was 15 years of age when he played his first season he'd still be over 31 now like the guy's 38 years of age. You have him on your bench. Come the week that you rely on him to play, he might need a rest. He could be crocked. You know, it's. I'd rather go for Tarkovsky due to the fact that you know he's going to play every week. And if you and if you could possibly be relying on someone to come off your bench, it wouldn't be a 38-year-old. I know, obviously, young ceiling's higher, but realistically, this is Everton, and you know, I'd rather go with the safety Tarkovsky. 
more of the Tarkovsky could be the guy scoring the goal from the corner that Young took. You know, so it's it's just it's just I just wouldn't do it. Like if I was relying potentially on the Everton defender, I'd go safe. You know, and well, Young's in a good preseason, but he's not going to play full season. Not at thirty-eight, and he's not going to be injury-free at that age. I guess the other way of looking at it is he's a thirty-eight-year-old that's got a better injury record than Haaland. So, I mean, you could look at it that way, couldn't you? He's been 38, super fit, same as Milner. So I love this. Say, is, this a, is, this a shoot? is this a double shoot? Two sides to every coin. So, this was part of it. Well, how many, points, how many points did Young get last season? Uh, not many. Not many. Yeah, no, it's a good... It's a good point, but I mean, ultimately, that goes back to the easy pick again. He's on your bench anyway, so. Harlan's owned by 85. Yeah, but you might need him. You how how much him. is Young? 4.5. Yeah. So so to be fair, if the, would you be saying the same, Lucky, if that was like a Pau Torres or someone like a Botman, like so, someone who you're more confident of starting, maybe? Well, I, would you I give this a higher rating? Say, I, I picked someone from the same team. I picked Tarkovsky. I mean, I don't like double defenses. I just, I just, I just, I just, I know the upsides there, but I don't think there's the risk, especially when there's a few decent defenses out there. You don't need to rely on just two teams. Um, and look, this is an O'Harland team because normally one of those City players would be Harland, so you wouldn't mm -hmm. have a double defense. Yeah, it I is mean, interesting because if they have a very good clean sheet record and they had the best defense in the league last season. This could pay off, but I would have gone for like I guess double defense and Haaland, and that's where I maybe I'm more of a coward than you, Luke. But um, we will go to we'll go to the RMTs now. Um, yeah. But just before we do that, just a quick shout out for the mini league code for the podcast listeners. It's HUP69D. We will put the auto join link in the podcast and video description. As for everything, it's 41 minutes in. First time I'm going to ask today. If you've enjoyed the show, if we make you laugh or smile, please do hit that like button. Subscribe if you're new. I'm glad we've broken the 2,500 milestone of subscribers. I'm sure Ali G will make an appearance at some point in preseason as a thank you. We've got 56 live viewers here. Thank you for tuning in and joining us with Ducky and Luke. It's really nice to do something a bit more casual and ad hoc with the community. We do another RMT as well, probably before the Game Week 1 deadline. And in terms of next week, on Monday, we will be back with Gabe for the Game Week 1 matchup show, looking at the FDR, the NetXG, the captaincy metrics. So that'll be like a standard episode like we normally have. If you want to join the Discord and the Members League as well, obviously, just to compete with about 40 of us, we'd appreciate your support on the YouTube members or Patreon. There's a few people who had trouble getting into the Discord. Do DM me on Twitter if you can't get in, and I will help you connect your profile. But otherwise, let's uh, go to the first team. And this one is from... Um, Jack from the Discord. So, guys, I'm going to start with you, uh, Ducky. What do you rate this team? So, it has Steele in goal, Stones, Estupinan, and Gabriel, Saka, Richarlison, Bruno, and Rashford, Haaland, Jesus, and Nkunku. Benches, Mings, Bayer, Anderson. Obviously, it's quite yeah. interesting to see Steele here as well, right? And um, Richarlison, too. Just quickly, because like I'm not going to try and mark people down because they could be accused of being template. I don't like the Brighton defence. Like, there's no need. Um, I know it's Luton, but anything could happen. Um, Gabriel, Arsenal, a little bit leaky at the back, but the fixtures are great. I wouldn't. I just can't trust. I had Madison in my first early drafts, but I don't think we can trust Tottenham at the beginning. The new manager, some players are apparently struggling with the new high press. Kane is one of them. Ironically, trying to get rid of Kane. They go, oh, Kane wants to leave and doesn't like the system. 
you know, well, that's a recipe for someone to go. Um, if a Charles plays up front, fine. I, I don't like, I think Bruno's enough midfield, United midfield, um, especially with United signing a new striker, Rashford's going to go down left wing. I think at the beginning, there's no need to go that heavy on United in the middle. Saka, safe pick, Haaland, fine. Jesus, he's going to be injured. It's, it's, I'd give it, I'd give it about seven ducks out of 10, I'd say, because I don't like the double United midfield. Um, I don't like the double Brighton defence. Apart from that, it's fine. I like the Aston Villa pick on the back because they're going to have, they're going to be useful, very good at the back. Anderson's a flavour of the month this week just because of what happened. Um, Eddie Howe was flirting with press people saying, I haven't picked my, my game week one team, but Anderson's the fittest player when they came back. Doesn't mean anything. Well done, you're fit. I'm not, I'm not playing you, you know, but um, thanks for running around during the summer. 7.5. No, I'll get 7.5. 7.5 ducks. So let's do a quick fire. We'll get Luke's uh, rating. Um, I think for each of these, we'll get one person do the commentary and then all four of us will give a score just to see what the range might be between them. But what do you give this one out of uh, 10 ducks? Oh, 10 ducks. I'd, I'd probably go seven, but for different reasons. I, I don't mind the double Man United midfield at all. Um, I think it's a pretty strong start for them. Uh, I don't mind that. The double, I, I don't like the double Brighton defence. I've got to be honest with that. And obviously, I go quite strong at the back. Um, so, yeah, I'd say seven. Seven. Do you actually quickly, I'll probably mark it down another one. I just realised there isn't a single Liverpool player here. And there's some fashion on Twitter about going off Trent, which is absolutely crazy. He's the best player in the game. You have to have him. I don't care if he's not, if he's eight million. So, actually, that's good. I'm dropping it down to a five. I'm going five with that one. If you don't have trend, that was a quick change of heart. You're losing, you're losing three ducks straight away by not having trend. You know? We're only, we're, yeah. we're only on the I'm first shot one out in a minute. Can we, can we address the trend <laughs> topic that's come up there? The, yeah, the yeah. Why don't I, we address it when we get to a team that has trend? Yeah, Correct. let's do that. Let's Correct. do that. Let's do that. What's your score? What's your score for this one? I'm going to go for a um, eight out of ten. Um, I yeah, do I'm going to go for a seven. I'm going to go for a seven. Cool. All right, let's go to the next teams because um, just in the interest of time, so there's about 50-something yeah. plus. I reckon more. we're going to need to do these in about a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's why I said, so going forwards, I'll ask each of you to give a more of a commentary and then mm -hmm. the rest of us will just give a score. Yeah. I mean, and if, if we to get onto a topic, we can always stop, can't we? And then we yeah. can just cover that topic as we go. But I think, like you say, a lot of the stuff we'll probably already do. I think I'm going to have to zoom in significantly, so let me know once I've zoomed in enough. Let's see how this goes. Okay, so I think oh. these are big enough. Mm -hmm. Cool, so this is the first one we have from FPL Rhinos. I'm glad we came here because this is another no Haaland draft. And I know Rhinos, um, he's a bit of a madman, but I love his style. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Raya's in the team to start with for the podcast listeners. He's only there for quadruple Arsenal dream. He's got uh, Raya, Trippier, Short, Estupinian. Rashford, Saka, Martinelli, Bruno, and Kunku, Jesus, Pedro. The bench is Steel, Foden, Stones, and Diaz for a bench boost game week one. As you can see, it is confirmed, I believe, that it's a 100% bench boost game week one. So I was asking about bench boost game week one earlier. I'm going to be honest with you, I know. I, I get the bench boost game week one here, but let's not lie to ourselves. Um, Stones would be playing instead of one of Trippier or Shaw. Foden would be playing instead of Jao Pedro, maybe. 
the, the bench isn't quite what you've laid it out to be, but um, I'll still allow you here. I won't mark you for the bench wankery. I won't downgrade your rating. <laughs> um, nice. It does look nice. Yeah. Yeah, it does look nice. Um, I if, if you're going for a bench boost one team, now, obviously I think Raya is a bit extreme. If you was to pick any other keeper that is likely to start game week one for this bench boost, because I don't think Raya is, if it was another starting goalkeeper as well, then I, I would happily for a bench boost when I look at this, I, I would probably give this like a 9, 9.5 out of 10 for a bench boost. I don't know how I feel about it going into game week two onwards, like whether he plans to kind of, you know, wild card out of this and get Haaland back maybe. But yeah, this, this is a very interesting team and I'm glad we started with this one first. I've given it a very high rating, but I wonder if you guys disagree. What are your ratings out of 10? Uh, for me, obviously I'm a no Haalander, so I'll have a little look at this and somebody who's not going to do a game week one bench boost. Uh, there's a couple of couple of picks I don't like. Obviously, we know Jesus is injured. This probably came up a bit before. But I, I really dislike Martinelli this year. Uh, there's a couple of reasons. Firstly, I think Trossard is just a potential replacement and in no time at all. Um, and they're going to split minutes, those two, solidly. It's just going to happen. I, d I don't particularly like Martinelli uh, as an option. And Trippier, it's great first week. Um, if you're going to go Villa home bench boost, but to, for me, he doesn't come into the game till about game week five. Oh, sorry, no Haaland. I bring this down from my nine, nine and a half out of yeah, ten, like to go, like, no like seven, seven and a half out of ten. I'm willing to go to. Yeah, so I'm I'm around a seven again. What about you, Ducky? Out of ten, we'll get we'll get well, these quick fire. Yeah, in terms of because she's a bench. I I hate this. Um, <laughs> no point. I don't know why you have Trippier in there. Considering the fixture and the upcoming fixtures, oh, I don't know. I give this. I hate this. I won't be too harsh. Give it a six. Give it a five. Five. A five. Okay. What about you, Chris? Well, I'm taking two off for not Howland. I'm taking a point off because I can't see a captain in game week two, uh, as well, which is a problem. So I think you're making a transfer quite early here, and I think you're going to have to take money. I out. think it's a wild card game week too, mate. It's probably a wild card. I'm going to look at. He's going for glory. It looks lovely. No Haaland. It's five. five. I know we said we fly through. I know we said we fly through this, but if there was a point to mention, I think just been like that's three teams in a row. Foden's been picked. I had him in my draft. I made. Tell you what, I'm going to change my. This guy is going to start for City. Six. Yes. Yes, he will start. Yeah, I think Mara's going. I think he can play so many positions. I think Fo I think Foden's an absolute shoe in this year. I think he's, oh, he's I, I just think Foden's a shoe in. That's my I think opinion. one thing I will say, because you did make a bold claim about Martinelli earlier. So he is currently tied as the record goal scorer Brazilian in a single Premier League season. Fifteen Premier League goals. No Brazilians ever scored more. And the guy is like twenty one. He has had an off preseason. He had a pretty nasty injury, from what I understood. It was pretty grim, quite painful, and no one knew how quickly he might come back. And he didn't look so great in preseason. And Trossard looked fantastic, as you say. So I totally get the threat there. But if Jesus is out, I wonder if Trossard is a more like for like replacement up there in terms of bringing the wingers into play than someone like Eddie and Ketia himself. So for me, I think if Trossard gets into the team as maybe a left centre mid or a striker, I see him still coming off the bench either way unless Jesus is injured, but it's just whoever's playing the worst out of Jesus, Martinelli, or Havertz, or whoever's playing left centre mid will get subbed first. So 
Today, what I will say is I watched the Emirates Cup game and Martinelli looked the best he's done in preseason yet. And he looked like he is recovering from that leg injury nicely. So that was kind of the end of my summary of like what I said about him last season and his 15 goals. But I think he is the best finisher at Arsenal Football Club. So I'll go out there and put it out there. And I'll take this bet on with you, Luke. That at the end of this season, he will still be like maybe Arsenal's top goal scorer in the Premier League um, if we don't sign like a number nine. So I, I, I think he's all there. He's superstar and you're going to see it at the end of next season. But um, I just had to put that out there to back my boy. So some of the ratings in the chat are not as kind as us. We're seeing some 3.5 ducks, one duck, four duck, four duck. We will go to the next team, man. I think, I think FPL routine, I think he's having a bad day. All his scores are terrible. Have, have they all been ones? Yeah, four, one. I love it. We did, at the end of the day, we never said this was a rate my team. We will try to give honest opinions on the picks. But the reality is, we did say it was a roast my team. So there's got to be a bit of humour in it. You, you, let's you keep know. going. In. Yeah, let's Come keep on, going. We've got FPL teacher Lucien. Um, so at the moment, he has a freeway for 4.5 and 4 million defensive rotation. So he has a Tarkovsky, Aurier and Kabor as his third defender getting rotated every week. He has a Kai Havertz and uh, Jackson up front. They're his most flexible pieces. He says he prefers Martinelli and Alvarez. So this back line actually has Steele. It has Saliba, Chilwell, and then the three-man rotation I mentioned. Havertz, Odegaard, Matoma, Salah, Foden, Jackson, Haaland, and Archer. What do you guys rate this team? Um, th there is a lot of debate about the rotation, by the way. So Tarkovsky, Fulham, home. Aurier, Sheffield, home. Tarkovsky, Wolves, home. Tarkovsky, Sheffield, away. Aurier, Burnley, home. Kabore, Wolves, uh, home. Tark, Luke, Luton, home. Tark, Bournemouth, home. Aurier, Luton, home. Tarkovsky, West Ham, away. And Aurier, Asimov, home. That rotation looks pretty good for a while. My question is, what is there in this team that's different to the free 4 threes I've been seeing online that's a massive, like, ceiling raiser from, you know, having a Trent or... Like, I, I don't, like, I, I don't know, like, what are you gaining, teacher, from not having a better third defender? That's well, my I mean, question. Like, what do you do with that money? He's obviously got Salah there, which is the, he's got the double, he's got the, he's got the, it's the, the two it's premium. It's right? Yeah, I was yeah, waiting for the So, I mean, we don't see many of those this season. But, I mean, look, I, I don't mind the Tarkovsky pick at all. But I do think we are scraping the bottom of the barrel with the remaining defence, really scraping. But he has Foden as well, right? So he has yeah, but he has this, Foden, and, he has then, and, then, <laughs> and then that makes me think, though, that, you know, I mean, Foden should, his, his minutes should be okay, but you only need to, you only need some, a bit of rotation here or there, and then all of a sudden this team gets a bit thin. And, you know, mm. you've got a, a, a dead spot in, in forwards with Archer. Um, as well, so I guess the question. So, what about this question? So, is the question that does Trent in or Estupinian in that third defender slot plus someone like a Bruno Fernandez, does that outscore Salah plus Tarkovsky, Aurier, and Kabore rotating? I think so. That's the question. Mm. I think so. You reckon the Bruno and Trent picks yes. they're gonna overall gain you more points? I do. So, what do we rate this out of 10 then with that in mind for you specifically, Chris? Um, first. I don't dislike it. I mean, look, what I would say is, um, you know, there's maybe a price drop in Archer is quite highly owned. I'd maybe get rid of him unless uh, Luke's going to tell me he's going to get some minutes. Um, but I, my gut feeling tells me he was probably going to be too highly owned. Um, so he may drop. 
So he loses a bit for that. Um, I quite like the Jackson pick, but again, you know, minutes risks again, potentially. There's a quite a few minutes risks here, six. I think um, I think Arch is definitely going to get some game time, but probably not enough to warrant even having him in that spot, the potential price for there. I mean, my problem, main problem with this team is the defence is made of glass. So you've got Saliba and Chilwell that could get injured at any moment. And then your three-man rotation, you're making a sub and rotating. It's, it's just chaos. That, to me, that is just like, I wouldn't have that. It feels weak, on. doesn't it? It feels yeah. dangerous. It feels weak to me. I mean, it's an all-out. I'm going gonna, gonna to go serious and I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10 because this is what FPL is all about. As cheap as he can at the back. And, and he's got two premiums. I back Salah to outscore Bruno all day. Bruno got yeah, one I mean, more attacking How many times are you going to captain Power? Season. How many times are you going to captain I don't need to captain him. I think he's going to get 220 points. And I will take those points and run. But, but Nima, is there something lacking in this team that should be staring out to you? He's missing the highly owned Saka. He's gone Erdogan and Havertz instead. So he could Saka, afford Saka instead of it, Odegaard to say, make it a bit safer. I actually really like the team, but I go back to what I said to somebody this morning about Trent. Is it really worth saving 2.5 million and not having Trent? I mean, the risk reward tells me it isn't. Get Trent in because what with so many decent cheap players, you can, you can do a lot without that 2.5 million, you know. I, I don't, don't know, know if that's a good figure or a bad thing, Mariner. If Salah gets five yes, goals in the first three game I weeks think... and Trent gets no clean sheets, I mean, look, it might, gonna be might and, it might come and bite me on the ass really seriously, but I just look at it from a perspective of what can I do with that three million? An awful lot. And there are some very, very good, or two and a half million. There's some awfully good options that at 5.5, like Chilwell and players like that who can come in. And you can have Bruno Fernandes sat next to Rashford if you wanted to. And and then not and, and I, I don't think, quite frankly, and I was looking at these these numbers for Trent before, I, I genuinely doubt... But you, you guys have got this wrong, though. But you've got this wrong. Say, say, say he wants Salah. It's not about Trent. It's about... No, but he's, he's talking about Trent, so I'm coming no, back on Trent. No, no, but the question is, is Estupinian? He could drop Aurier to another four million defender and have Estupinian as a third mid that he plays. So yeah, third I'm defender. So is Estupinian, instead of this three-man rotation, better? That's the question for me. Not is Trent and Bruno, because actually that still doesn't fund you, Salah plus this back line. No, but Salah is just so expensive again. He's so expensive for me. I just look at this and I see the the ability. I mean, of course, there's no Trent. You could go Trent or Salah, but either way, you know, you I, could go I, neither. You could go neither. I don't have either. I don't either. Yeah, yeah. All right, oh, let's go to the next team. On. Let's go <laughs> to the next team, guys. We've got a lot of teams to get through. We've got Black Wolf. He has Onana, Estupinian, Gabriel, Chilwell, Martinelli, Saka, Rashford, Foden, Bruno, and Cuckoo Harland. Two four million defenders in Baldock and Kabore and Woodrow. Is basically like what I was saying. So I do like what Teacher did because he basically took like the kind of the Estupinian plus two formal def uh, defenders and just said, you know what, I'm going to find the best freeway rotation for the same price. Yeah, and it's, it's an interesting concept. I don't think like anyone can call which option is right. And I would not be surprised if Estupinian ends up by game week three with like four points total. So it is possible, but the ceiling is fun and I want fun picks. 
So I will always pick this over that fucking free man rotation that I just gave nine out of ten to. <laughs> you're, so what do we give this one? You're, you're, you're picking a stupid man for the fixtures like a lot of players because I guarantee you in game week four, his value's going to drop because we're all going to drop him. As soon as Brighton's decent fixtures go, you know, you don't trust him. Yeah, I won't want especially to hold him from there. Especially though. down there playing in Europe. Someone like Poro could be interesting as well. Obviously, he's five million and someone in the chat mentioned him and we've not seen him in the draft yet, but he, he has some great attacking underlying numbers in the few minutes he played last season. So he's yeah, just another someone team, I uh, uh, Yeah, another team with Foden. He's obviously very, very popular. The Nkuku one, like, I, I think his minutes are just as well warranted as Jackson's. And um, between the two of them, God knows which one ends up putting the ball in the back of the net. So if you needed... That was my five, question for you as a Chelsea fan. Obviously, we've seen one team with Jackson, one team with Nkunku. What are your thoughts there? Because obviously Jackson's played most of the preseason up top and Nkunku can kind of be a bit more versatile. Is there not to a level the extent that he could be more likely to kind of play across the field? Like he's going to get a bit more minutes than Jackson or would you save that half a million? I, I think it's a flip of the coin, really. I, mean, I think Jack, uh, Nkunku's going to be down the middle. He'll be behind uh, Jackson. Jackson's probably the first player to get subbed out of both of them. Um but the damage could be done. Look, it's, I'd always be of the opinion, go for the cheaper one for now. But my game week three team has both of them. So, uh, Nkunku, look, if you don't need the 0.5, go for him. But don't go for him just because he's more expensive and you think he's the better player. Because the way we've seen it, there's not much between them. Jackson's playing higher up. So logically, in my head, why are you not going for Jackson? I think, I think this, to be honest, for me, comes back to what you said about pre-season. I mean, ignore pre-season. What has Jack... Where Jackson compared to Nkuku, Nkuku's a world beater compared to Jackson. His pedigree, his his UCL performances, stats, his record, his goal scoring, and I think Jackson, yeah, okay, he's he's done well in preseason, but what? How many goals did he score last year? Five, eight, six, something pitiful. It wasn't many, was it? So I think I think. think yeah, I think what the, he's going to be in a much better team and the, the way the teams are set up, yeah. it's all about get it to the main man, get it mm-hmm. to the top guy. You know, and Kuku could end up with 15 assists and two goals and who's getting, the, who's making the goals from those assists? It's the guy playing number nine. I, I prefer Nkunku though for me, but that's just my take. Yeah. Um, I, maybe I'm biased because I played a UCL fantasy and he always was someone like that did very well in that. But, um, you know, I bring my biases with me, which is always good to do. Let's just give this a rating out of 10 and we'll keep going because we've done like three teams out of 50. So, And we're one hour in now. We've got about an hour left max, I'd say. We actually have Give it a nine. Minutes. Nine. Give it a nine, yeah. I'm happy to give this a nine. Maybe 8.5. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty... I'll go, I'd go eight with this. I think it's strong. Yeah, I think, I think it's a strong team. For a no-trend team, it's the best you can get. For a no-trend team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, this five-man midfield doesn't have a 6.5 midfielder. The Trent spot is well and truly spent on a proper midfielder. So I like this a lot. Is that? I mean, if I was marking it down, I would just ask, is there half a million in the bank? Because I don't know. I couldn't quite work that out. So this team, there was two of them, but one of them with Darwin got scrapped the moment Darwin got scrapped from the lineup today. So we'll only look at this one uh, from Johnny Belfast. So we have Steele, Stones, Henry, Chilwell. We have Mabuemo, Rashford, Martinelli, Saka, Bruno, Jesus and Haaland. 
the bench is Cash Anderson Mubama from uh, West Ham, who's been banging in a few goals in preseason. What are your thoughts on this one, guys? Um, I'm just having a look. That, that, that's quite an interesting team. I, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I, I like Steel without a stupid yam, but something just feels off. I guess there's a Henry and Cash rotation, um, but apart from that, what are your thoughts, guys? I do prefer that. I do prefer the third forward. I'm going to bring Luke in because I want to check about cash. But um, from the perspective of goalkeepers, I've maybe got a bit of a problem with Steele. Is he actually even nailed? I I think with the Steele thing, I think ultimately, I think yes, he's going to be in the team, but game week one. But I. I don't know how long for, and I, I genuinely don't. Nailed maybe game week one, yes, but I, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure on that one. Um, I think it's a really, it's it's a tough pick to go, go steal. I mean, ultimately, if you're doing that, I think you go you go Estepinian for his attacking out output and put someone else in goal. I just don't, I don't get the steal. If you go in one Brighton, you go in Estepinian at the back. It's as simple as that. If you're doing that, I'm not going I don't. I don't like the Henry pick because if Raya's going, he's the reason why they kept so many clean sheets. He got them out of jail sometimes. And losing your goalkeeper, defense gets a bit edgy, a bit nervous. There's a new guy at the back of us, a little bit unsure. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't think it's going to be the Brentford defense of old. And we're going to try and find a new one. Um, and you and you point and you point on Cash Mariner. I yeah. mean, obviously asking about him. I mean, my theory with it, and again, whether it comes to fruition or not, is once Moreno's fit, they're going to play three centre backs. So right. they're going to have Conza, um, Pal Torres, and Mings. Moreno's going to bomb down that left side, and Cash got bombed out the team. I think early on, Cash, while Moreno's not fit, he might do it on the opposite side. So I think early doors, it might not be a bad little punt. Yeah, it was someone I, I did because I do like Aston Villa's defence for the first few game weeks. Actually, yeah. I really like them. I think if you've seen the the defensive show, I think we really rated them very highly. Of yeah. course, we were trying to decide whether it was Mings, whether we wanted Mings there or Pow or Cash, and Cash was seen at the time as being probably the safest option to start with, I think. I, I, I would question that, though. What are your thoughts on the talk about Conta maybe playing as a fullback? Yeah, he's definitely, it, it definitely when Moreno's fit, he's going to play right back and right. slide across in the three. That's the way I see it. But ultimately, yeah. I think I think the safest one in terms of minutes long-term is Pau. Right. And he's 4.5 as well. Yeah, I think he's so, the safest one minutes-wise long-term. Okay. And then obviously Marine, Moreno will play. But um, he's not fit, and who knows how long that's going to take, really. Anything on Crystal Palace, Chris, before we go to the next one? I was going to say, what I would do here with this team is I would probably take put Johnston in here for in goal, and if we've got half a million, try and get to Estupinian as the Brighton defender, and then you've still got those, they've still got those covered, because uh, that's what I would do personally. I think Johnston potentially is one of the best for. A very, very good 4.5 keeper. I know we've got Flecken now possibly in the game at Brentford as well at 4.5. Um, but for me, I really like Johnston. I think he's, I think he's, you know, Crystal Palace defence wise potentially can be, I think, can be quite useful for us at the start of the season as well. I've got no objection with having a Crystal Palace defender in that team at all. I quite Out like him. 
I, I just I can see what Duck is saying about Brentford defence. I can see that. I don't like the steel pick. Um, as for the rest, obviously, we're going to see Jesus drop out. There's a bit of cash there. I like the cash pick. Cash, cash. But, yeah, I don't mind it. I, I think I'd give it a seven, actually. Do we, do we think Mbwemo is over... Uh, ownership is over the top and not warranted? Burner, he's very high to me. He's on penalties, I think. Um I quite I don't dislike I don't dislike him as a I think he's he will hit the woodwork more times than he'll probably put the ball in the back of the net, but there we go, there's another story. Uh, but I don't dislike it. And I think at six point five, I think he's a good price point to have to jump around. And I think what we're miss what we've no no one's spoken about so far today is is these price islands and the ability of jumping on, jumping off, having someone slightly more expensive to drop down, not having to go up. If you don't have any money in the bank, we unfortunately we can't see things like how much team value is in there, and that's what I'm trying to sort of like figure out sometimes. But but yeah, in general, I don't mind Mbumo at all. I, I think he's a good solid pick to start the season. He was very good at the end of last season. He flourishes when Tony's not on the pitch, or he seems to. Uh, and I don't dislike and and they're playing Spurs to start with, and they can't defend for Toffee. So, so the next team has Mobomo too and double United midfield. It's FPL Hunt Connor. He also asks about some options, including Ja Pedro, De Bruyne, and Trippier. But let's just quickly look at the team. So we have Steele, Stones, Chilwell, Estupinian, Rashford, Bruno, Martinelli, Mobomo, Saka, Haaland, Jesus, Bench of Colwell, Bayer, and Mubama. Yeah. Let me know what you guys think of this. I'm going to go get a refill. So right. I will let, let you talk me, about let this me, draft. Let me just quickly, let me quickly, I'll just say, Steel again, no good. Steel out for me for someone like Johnston. Yeah. Only one Brighton. Um, obviously, Stones, I quite like. Chilwell, I really like. Um, I mean, and I've no problem with him playing in game week one either. I, do, I like the double Manchester United, uh, Rashford and Fernandez, Martinelli and Saka, I've no problem with. And Bumo, it's a very strong midfield. Haaland, Jesus, he's probably going to drop him down or he might even go to Watkins. What do you think about Ollie Watkins to start with, Luke, as a Villa fan? I think ultimately as a Villa fan, you're looking at him as the talisman. He is, uh, Obviously, definitely. Obviously, the previous season. But that being said, Diaby looks really good. Um, and again, from Leverkusen, he, he looks electric, this kid. Um, I don't watch much of the German league, so I can't say I've seen him play in big competitive games because I'll be lying to you. I haven't. Um, but again, off preseason, he looks absolutely electric. So it depends how they deploy him. But ultimately, he's going to be on penalties. There's all of that element to it. And I think the thing with Villa is, are they going to be a team that now scores more goals? And I know he scores a massive, a massive chunk of them. Or are they going to be a team that's going to keep it pretty tight um, and win games? By a few goals, you know, one, two, nil, maybe two, one. I don't see him going bonkers at any time. Whereas a Newcastle no. forward, so you've right. got or Wilson. Um, and again, I don't know which one they're going to pick, but I would probably go one of them over him, depending which one starts. That, but again, you can't pick that. You know, Watkins is going to play; he's going to start, so he's safe on that front. But do, but do you know what? We're, we're lucky with the way the fixtures because you've got seven game weeks. To really see how they're going to be, and then they get a great run. Yeah. So we could, we've got time to really, we've got time, but they've got the great fixtures in two and three, but you can let them go. And then by going, we'll, we'll the flip side like. of that, Bucky, is are you 
by going for that. Because the, the argument is go for Watkins, which is tried and tested for the first couple of game weeks. And then, you know, maybe we know what's happening a little bit more with Chelsea by the time we get to game week three. And then you can drop down. Whereas if you, and again, otherwise, if you're on that seven point, if you're in that, a different bracket, price bracket, and you've got to, and you've, and you've got Nkunku jumping in price quite quickly, because the fact is his ownership will skyrocket if he scores against Liverpool for sure. Then the risk is, is that you end up having to move you know, urge, urgently on something. So I quite like the idea of replacing Jesus with that eight million option, if you ask me, right now. Yeah, I, he's, I like yeah. That. he certainly jumps up into the forts because it would have. Cause I think Watkins fell into the trap where good option, somebody better in a better team instead. Jesus is now gone. Yeah, he's a tough one. Who, who, yeah. Who's who's left? You're gonna really want to jump on Chelsea. You know when you're gonna. You mean? You want to get off to a flyer, and they're playing Newcastle, and that's just tough, isn't it? Well, I, I um, think. That... Are, you, are you are you going to bring him in? When by the time you want to get rid of him in game week four, it's there's a lot of chopping and changing early on where you can. I, yeah. I don't. I don't think that's the point. I think too many people, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this as part of the rate my team. I think too many people just look at game week one for that first instance because if yeah. you look at it, Newcastle away, yeah, that's a tough fixture. I get that. But after that, when you said game week seven, for me, he's actually Villa's fixtures are pretty good. They're not bad at all. Yeah, I've been quite surprised looking at people complaining. Yeah, I thought the fixtures looked very good. And Watkins is someone for me who I've had my eye on all pre season. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I I don't understand kind of this idea that it's not. I see him scoring in game week two, three. I could see him scoring in game week two, three, four, and five. Everton, easily. Liverpool and Palace. No problem. No problem. Mm-hmm. This is what this is what I don't get because you, I mean I'm not saying you're wrong, wrong, right? But then you just said those those fixtures are good, right? And you've included Palace, oh, well. but, but then sometimes Palace, Palace, oh they're a good team. I don't agree with them, but it, I suppose it always comes down to how you rate these teams. I mean, look, yeah, Newcastle, look anybody can score. Anybody yeah. can score. Everton, you could on a fixture ticket, you wouldn't disagree. Someone says that's an easy fixture, but at the same time, you're saying. Everton with Sean Dyche, they're going to be a one-nil team written all over them. How many goals are they really going to concede? Not many. Not going to win many games. Not going to concede that many goals. You know, then it's Burnley, maybe they could do well again. I Burnley. guess the question Everton. is, if you look at like say Chelsea, we're talking about like Nkunku and Jackson. Chelsea didn't score many goals last season, right? And mm. we're backing them based on almost like this bias that like they're generally a good team historically. So again, like. Is it not the case that well, Chelsea compared to Villa could spread the goals around themselves? Like we don't know where those goals are going to come from. Whereas with kind of Watkins, you would see him being the talisman. You would think Emery. I think since he came in, Villa were like fourth best in the league. You know they brought in Diaby. They're strengthened around the team generally. Like there's more people delivering okay. the ball to him. Yeah, but this is what I'm talking about the fixtures, right? And this is where Villa kind of it's almost like the second best option because. Look at Villa, okay. Game week two, three, four, five. Everton, Burnley, Liverpool, Palace, okay. But then look at Chelsea's, right? Everton, Luton, Forest, Bournemouth. Now, if you're telling me which teams are going to score more goals, it's Chelsea because Villa have got not bad fixtures. Chelsea have got great fixtures. You know, if you're not going to back Chelsea against those clubs, you're not going to back them all season. I mean, if I'll get Villa, I'll get Watkins in game week eight, right? 
when they've got Wolves, West Ham, Luton, Forest, Fulham. You really go hard on the really great run of fixtures. And so not only do you get Watkins, you might pick up a villain midfielder as well. You know, you go big when the fixtures are that good. So I think we're both fixtures managers. I like that. I see Chris has put up for the podcast viewers some of the uh, data, the FDR from the Yeah, I, I just wanted to bring this up. I mean, look, I mean, Watkins is 51% involvement in Aston Villa. And their XG, their expected XG, which I'm looking at from a perspective of XG4 against XG against, so the way we do the matchups in Netbat Hall, actually doesn't suggest that their numbers are absolutely great, but he's heavily involved. 3.33 involvements in the first five. You know, from my side of things, I'm, you know, more goal involvement than assist involvement as well, significantly more, probably twice as two and a half times more from what we would normally expect with Watkins. I, I genuinely, yes, I can genuinely see game week one away. Newcastle's a tough game for him. It's much tougher than, you know, and you can see that when you look at the, the XG grid, you see 0.91. But after that, you know, 1.77 again for the game week two, 1.56, 1.2, 1.4. These are not bad. He is involved in this stuff. Now, unless Luke's going to tell us that things change, and then you see, look at it, look what look how it changes. You're going to hold him. 1.79, 1.87, 1.96, 1.83. You know, Watkins is could be a seriously long-term hold. He could get you, he could get you to your wild card without having to make a move in that in that slot. That's why I actually like Watkins as one of a three, actually. Mm. I, like I wouldn't him want him as my second three. I wouldn't I like wouldn't him as just a second, second striker. He would be one of a three, four, three for me. Mm-hmm. So for me so at the moment, should... though, I do agree with you, Ducky, because if I was going to go for a three, four, three, it would have been Jesus with Haaland and a Chelsea striker. But if Jesus is out, to me, it almost Correct. feels like just a very easy move to have yeah. Watkins plus the Chelsea striker rather than either or. So, Chris, can you just explain that? Because just from what I understand, you're right. Watkins' involvement is high. But what's the numbers saying how many goals Villa are expected to actually get in those games. Well, that's just purely and simply from the grid, the XG grid. So basically yeah. what we're doing is we're taking XG4 against XG against and then averaging it, okay? So yeah. you've got the, that you, so you're looking at attack against defence, home and away. So what it does take into account is the defence performing, let's say Villa at home, the team who they're playing at, their, their expected goals conceded away from home after the World Cup. Okay, so that's a quite a fair, decent chunk of data. Look, it, it's obviously there's tons of caveats here. I just look at it very straightforwardly that Watkins is, if Villa have a good fixture, Watkins will be involved. He may well hit the post. That's what he does the best. But you know, at the end, <laughs> at the end of the day, I think Watkins is a steady, solid, steady pick. I, I, again, I tend to think he's maybe not necessarily whole material. Which is yeah, really, and, and, and that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to think. Like, if well, he's Jesus Hall material, he's missing. He misses no, he, all the time. But, but the thing, but he gets the chances. I, I think what we're saying is, if if a Villa get a chance, chances are Watkins involved. But how many chances are Villa going to get compared to the likes of Chelsea with those fixtures? I mean, Chelsea think, could batter those teams. 
Well, yeah. they could, but again, Chelsea are a bit of an unknown. Con- unknown. I guess it depends on Pochettino. Like, so obviously in the yeah, chat they're well, unknown at the moment. I mean, people yes, saying they expect good. more returns from them under the new manager. I would say they're looking good, guys. But you just said that you know we're not taking, we don't want to be taking too much detail notice of preseason. What we're we doing? We're taking notice of preseason. So I think personally, I Chelsea, you could quite easily sit and wait till game week three and then go on the right one. Oh, that's what I think, and that's what I think people are doing. But that's the problem that affects picking Watkins for Villa. Yeah, well, that's why I think Watkins is safe. I mean, you know, as it happens, you know, I might go, I might have tried to find it with your draft. I might have actually tried to get well back up to somebody higher and drop somebody out somewhere else. And you know, I think Welbeck's a risk. So I think you mean, you mean like swings and roundabouts. It swings and roundabouts. It's, it's yeah, there's no yeah. right way to do it. I just think that Watkins for me. Is safe, and he's not very highly picked, so he's not even safe because he's template. He's safe because of his talismanic nature, correct? And the fixtures you're saying, okay. And to be honest, he's captain material in game week two as well. If you haven't got a Liverpool player, he's captain material in game week two. No, I'll just captain Harland at home. But um, moving on. Um, just conscious of time, I do want to put up FPL routine's message. I do agree. A lot of these drafts look the same. FPL routine is giving a 2 out of 10 for many of them. I'm going to start scrolling <laughs> to teams that have some assets that we've not seen yet. So we can also. Yeah, I think that's those. a good idea because we can't do every one. It's just impossible. Well, well, we can if we just give a rating out of 10, but let's only discuss the new additions we've seen. All right. So let's. If, if your player, let's... Yeah. If you've got a player in your draft that we already spoke about, we will have covered them in one of the other drafts. But um, we won't take Gabe's one because he submitted in case no one else does. And there's over 50 submissions. So <laughs> I'm sorry, Gabe, but we'll look at your team in the game week one matchup show. Well, can we can we have a quick look at that? Just a quick glance at that. Well, he's got De Bruyne that, and Alvarez. That's a, joke. that's a joke team he's put up there. Alvarez, captain, De Bruyne. He's just winding. He's pulling your leg there. He wants a roast in. That's a joke He's on, he's on, the, he's on the beach on. in Costa Rica. He's on the Move piss on. man. I, I sent him a message the other day saying, are you pissed? What the hell, are you, what the hell have you done? You've got treble Arsenal defence, you idiot. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, he had a treble Arsenal defense draft. You're not even seeing that. He's got some interesting drafts. I said, "Have you been on the? Have you been on the run?" Right, let's let's go for Ozzy Sharks. I like this because it has Johnston in goal. I like. It has that. a Gabriel Estupinian and Cash actually starting. Chilwell on the bench. Foden, Bruno, Saka, Martinelli, Jackson, Darwin, Harlan, and Essay's on the bench. The money is very well spread out here. So this is one hundred and two million here. No, no, no. So I think the no trend, like he's gone for no trend, but like I feel like out of every oh, no, team I've seen it. No, but out of, out, of, out of all the like no, we're not seeing Salah and Haaland in many teams, right, Ducky? So for me, like this is the only team I've seen without Trent with Haaland and that actually looks stronger for not having Trent. Most of the other no trend teams I've seen are like yours, where it's like three, four and a half million defenders rotating. This guy has that like, Eze and Chilwell on the bench. Like, this is good, right? Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about... Go on, we were going to talk about Trent when he came up, and he hasn't come up. He will come up. He will come up. <laughs> he, he hasn't come up. I he mean, will come up. We can't talk about him yet. He will come up. <laughs> just just one thing about the stupid and sure. There's a bit of rotation here. After, like, game week four, you're going to get rid of one of them because they both have a terrible run. So where do you go then? So say again, sorry, I didn't hear you. I, I lost you for just a second. Saying, just saying, the stupid, stupid and Chilwell thing goes out the window after game week. 
four, I think it is. Is it game week four? Uh, no, sorry. It's no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Sorry, we got game mixed up. Um, yeah, I don't like the Darwin pick. I, I, I mean, that. Darwin's maybe not. He didn't start, did he? So now people might cool on him. I'll tell you what. I've got a tiny uh, about this. I've got a slight problem. I think there's a bit of a benching headache in here. I, I, to me, it feels like you've got Eze, you've got Chilwell sat there. It's a lot of money on the bench. Um, don't talk about it as a bad thing. Benching headache means you've I, got quality. That's the way I play. You've got to back yourself to play the right play. Earlier you were saying you thought the bench was too thin. Now you're saying yeah. the bench is too thick. We can't yes. please you, Mariner. <laughs> can, I just, can I just say something about Eze? I, different here. I think Eze is a terrible pick. He's really popular on the Twitter. But this is the, this is a Roy Hodgson Palace, right? I remember seeing Roy Hodgson for the first time in 1996. He managed Switzerland. They were defensive. He's been defensive since I've known him, which is nearly what getting close to 30 odd years, 25 odd years of him playing football. He was very attacking last season because they had to go for it. This is a very poor Palace team. I mean, yes, he could argue be the talisman, but what do we really expect him to do with a rubbish Palace team? Very, very little. You know, it's, it's so, getting, so it's, Blue Danube Joe says Palace only finished strong last season because of the favourable yeah. fixtures. Um, yeah, I, I, what do people really expect from Eze in this team? It's 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 another Twitter template fatal labour of the week. And I doubt he'd be in many teams come nine days time. Bench boost this team. All right, rating out of ten, guys. We're going to keep going. There's a lot yeah. of teams. So, seven. seven. Yeah, I'm I'm seven. I'm happy with the seven. I was gonna say seven, but because it is roast my team, I'll go six and a half. <laughs> William and Mallorca. Um, his main concern is he doesn't have any Brighton attackers. So at the moment, he has Leno, Chilwell, Stone, Saliba, Foden, Saka, Bowen, Bruno, oh, Jesus, Harlan, oh, Jackson, Dan Juma on the bench, Anderson, Ooh. and Cash. This is the first fully playing outfield bench I've seen in all of the RMTs. And Bowen is in here too. Um, what are our thoughts on this? This is Saliba over Gabriel, Leno in goal. Some interesting picks. His, his main gap that I see is Brighton, as he says. There's zero Brighton. Well, that, I like it because just imagine if Brighton are a bust, which, which they could be. They very well could be. I will give this team an 8 out of 10. Mm. Yeah. 8. 8 ducks. Thank you. I think it's brave, and for that, I'll give him an extra point. But I'm going to take some off for Leno. I'm not so sure about him. Um, I've had him like, every season. Then I'm going to give him some points back for Bowen because I really like the Bowen pick. He's in good form for pre-season, and I think he's he could be the player who could come out the blocks the quickest. They destroyed Brent, uh, Bournemouth at home the last game of the season, didn't they, as well? If you have Leno, you've got to do the rotation of Pickford. I'm finding extra money. That's 1.5. 1.6. <laughs> he's, he's in such a bad mood. That's worth that, that's that's his strikers, keepers, losers, weepers team, actually. I hear you're the star. Um, yeah, apparently so. I got announced. So, right, we got, um, um, so we'll keep going. Um, I think that's worse than the template team. So I'm interested to see what manages to get a 5 out of 10 from your routine. Um, Robbie says, go on, roast it. Onana, Estupinian, Stones, and Zinchenko. Mitoma, Foden, Rashford, Saka, and Mount. 
Jesus Haaland, Bencher, Ferguson, Powell, and Kabore. So we've got Mountain here. That, that obviously, we've got Zinchenko as the Arsenal defensive coverage. If you're going to talk about any players, I think it's really just Mountain Zinchenko worth mentioning. The rest we've seen about 100 times. Um, Mount's definitely not worth mentioning. Yeah, I, don't, I, I was going to say I would not be picking in person. I, I can't. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch Six out of 10 ball. because of Mount? Yeah, and to be honest, I'm not... I don't know. I'm not overly enamoured on the Zinchenko pick either. I, I think if Well, he's not started in, a minute in preseason. Yeah, and I'm, I would I'm not overly enamoured with, with that pick anyway because I'm still not sure what's going to happen with that Arsenal defence in terms of getting Timber in, all of the stuff that they've been doing. And to be honest, Kieran Tierney looks absolutely superb. <laughs> if he's, he's still brilliant. there, that's the question because... He's been brilliant. He's been he's, brilliant. He could be interesting, but I have a feeling that we're going to see Timber play left-back yeah. if Zinchenko isn't ready. And Tomiyasu is like the backup left-back, which then kind of leaves Tierney way down that pecking order. So you've got to think, surely the guy leaves. Um, I would love to see Timber play inverted right-back, like Zinchenko does from the left, and see Tierney play wide. I would love to see that. I just don't know if that's going to happen. And I think the back line this season when we start is likely to be Ben White, Saliba, Gabriel and Timber with Zinchenko seeing no minutes in preseason. That's kind of my, I guess, perspective of what I think the back line will be. I've not seen Timber in any of these drafts. The more and more I watch of him, the more he gives me shades of Saliba last preseason, where he came in, Gabriel and White were the established centre-back pairing. And Saliba just did too well in preseason not to play. So White got moved to right-back. Similarly, the way Timber has played, both at right-back and left-back, I just see him starting and someone is going to lose their place eventually if and when Zinchenko comes back to play left-back and Timber moves elsewhere. But for me, Timber's giving me shades of Saliba and he looks so confident on the ball, 22 years old, Ajax captain. He looks very good and very tidy. I am excited. He's over, he's overfought this team, unless he's got money in the bank, because he's tried to be too clever here with the likes of Mount. Yeah, I think so. I don't see his angle. I, I would. I'll tell you what I would do if this was me with that team is I would probably take. I could take Anana down by half a million. I could take um, Ferguson down by half a million to Yao Pedro, and I would up Mount to an eight. Or even if I could get to Bruno at eight point five, that's what I would do, and that would be for me would be a lot, lot better. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying this because I'm a Chelsea fan, but Mount would be the flop of the season. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm glad that Havertz is your one. That's a secret German mount. Oh, by the way, that, by the way, that's a six. Six. Okay, let's go yeah. to Catherine's team. Generous. Um, that was generous. So Ka- Catherine has two teams here. Uh, the, the main structure is Onana, Stones, Gabriel, Stupinian, Bruno, Saka, Rashford, Foden, Darwin, Holland, and Kunku. And the change is that instead of Darwin and Anderson in a three-four-three, we can move to a three-five-two with DRB and Mubama. I think both teams are a similar rating. It's just a straight swap between Diaby and Darwin, basically, between 3-5-2 and 3-4-3. Uh, I guess Chilwell comes in as well with the money saves. But um, I-, I really like this team. We see Foden in a lot of teams. I, I like the pick. I think I prefer the 3-5-2 with Diaby and Chilwell over the Darwin pick, personally. So if I was rating the team on the right-hand side, I would give that a solid 8 out of 10. The one on the left-hand side, I think that would be a six and a half for me. Where do we stand on... Because one of my philosophies that I didn't... I, I, I very rarely give new players to the Premier League in my team in Game Week 1. I just want to see them get used to it. Obviously, someone like Harland is an, ex, is, a, is, an ex, is an exemption. 
I know that he's looked great, but I, I just I just wouldn't throw him in in game week one. You know, just see how he gets on. Wait and see. A lot of these players are right. They're good picks. I just think the timing's a bit off. Fair. I just think that that DRB pick, I'm viewing it as DRB instead of Watkins. And based on what we were saying in the chat, I do think that, that there is some pr- kind of good commentary there around the savings you can make on DRB over Watkins. Obviously, in this team, it allows Chilwell instead of Colwell, but one of Chilwell or Estupinia is going to be benched every week. So it's like, what, it's like do you yeah. want your money in your lineup or do you want your money on your bench? I'm, so I'm, maybe I'm keeping a real tonight. close eye. Yeah, I'm keeping a real close eye on Ramsey's fitness come game week eight because he can. Really so maybe as much it. as I said that Watkins, you know, you could also potentially argue you could watch and wait on Villa if with Diaby and Watkins, I suppose, if you yeah. know, as well. I think it's I think it's worth bringing into the fact that I I truly believe that the the forward options are a lot more limited than the midfield options. So when you look at Watkins over Diaby, I know it's one point five more, and I get yes. that. But you can really go at multiple options in the midfield. Whereas up front, I think if you go in Villa at this stage, and if you do a Villa attacker, it's Watkins. You're holding him, aren't you? Yeah, I hold him for weeks. Well, when the Villa fans telling me Watkins over DRB, I'll go there to start with. Um, All right, so we've got Blues team. I think Blues in the chat tonight. Blue footed. This is a Salah team instead of Holland. It's not a Tumium. So it's Pickford in goal, Gabriel, Chorwell, and Stones. Saka, Salah, Bruno, Richarlison, Martinelli, Darwin, Pedro, and then Kungu on the bench. Um, that is a disgusting front eight from a rotation point of view. It's a lovely front eight on the eye. But there's no Haaland. No Haaland. And one of these players, normally, I guess, Ja Pedro, Darwin, Richarlison, and Kungu has to be benched every week. His plan is that this is in case Kane leaves. And also in game week three, Salah will be moved with someone to Haaland and someone. So, what are your thoughts on this one, guys? Um, I love well, you, Blue, but I'm I, I'm much more of a template player than you. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I go think... straight in at five out of ten because if you've got Salah, you don't need Darwin for me. I think if Kane, I think if Kane leaves, Richarlison is is a good option, um, but I think I wouldn't go game week one with him either. Like I would, I would see how that kind of plays out. I'm, I'm not convinced. And again, it's because he scored a hat trick preseason. Um, but for me, I think I'm, I'm probably only going for about a five on that one. Yeah, I like the Pickford pick. By the way, I quite like the Pickford picking goal as well. I don't dislike that. I think I'm probably more of a Johnston uh, 4.5 goalkeeper than Pickford, but I don't dislike that. I think I would give that uh, five and a half, maybe. Six. Are we um, are we still convinced that that it's going to be Johnston? Is that is that definitely set? I think. Well, everything I've seen, probably yes. But yeah. I mean, I could be proven wrong. I need to I need to watch Planet FPL and the the correspondence weeks. Yeah, I've got to get through them yet. I would imagine so, it is, but I just haven't heard otherwise. Yeah. And I know Guaita is a good goalkeeper. So Blue yeah. says, "Let's talk game week two, chaps." Um, he's getting his. Uh, to be fair, we've got to let him have his comeback. Um, he just got given a 1.5 out of 10 by FPL routines. So <laughs> the lowest score of isn't, the it, isn't that the highest rank routines given so far? 1.5 actually it probably is. Yeah. So you know, thank you, lucky stars. No, I think you got a four, Luke. Actually, oh, did I? Yeah, I think so. You're miles ahead. I'll take this, Blue. If your game week one team outscores the template team, ten points at the September meets for you. 
<laughs> if not 10 gifted memberships on net that or i will take that that will instantly increase the youtube members by 25% and that would be a big support thank you so much but he might be right imagine i'm the one paying out 10 pints from this fuck my life um so yeah, too many now we're going to speed up mariner so speed yeah up, well mariner. we need to quickly don't we but i don't this is from claire o only discuss the players who are new right so, so martinez, martinez in goal cheaper options for me and we've got our first trend so we're talking about martinez yeah. and Trent. So martinez cheaper options for me so that's marked down Gabriel Estupin and Trent. I don't like Trent because I think we can save money. Eze, I tend to agree with what Ducky says. Gross is an interesting one because he might be on penalties. Um, that's your Brighton cover. Yeah, Yao Pedro, Jackson, Haaland, Luis Martinez on the Martinez on the bench. Wow. Um, is Gross nailed, Chris? In uh, which position? Yes, but <laughs> yeah, but where? Yeah. But is he on penalties? Is he on penalties? This is the question, isn't it? Yeah. He's like at, at this like, point, I take nailed regardless of, of position. He could play yeah. right back, but he is nailed, I yeah. would say. I think gross he probably play. is. Gross will, gross he probably play. is. Yeah, I gross think he probably play. is. I'd yeah. just say double villa defense. I, I suppose you know there's concert there as well. Treble villa, there's Douglas Lewis there as well, mate. Luke, what's he going? What what's he doing? I mean unless you get Unless you get bonus points from scoring from corners, I don't really fancy Douglas Louise, to be honest with you. Because um, that's all he tries to do. He tries to score from corners. Outside right. of that, he's he's all right. Conza, uh, yeah, Conza Martinez. I mean, it's brave. I mean, I'm a Villa fan. I wouldn't go double Villa defence for the life of me. Um, but I think one, I think one's always a good shout. But two, I think, no, no, no. I think power, like you say, power is probably the long-term pick. I think um, so. Four point five out, out, out of ten. No guys. problem. <laughs> wait, wait. The gifted membership went to me. Oh my god! I'll gift right. the membership as well in return. Um, quick scores. Quick scores on this uh, one. Quick scores, guys. Five. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. Five. Four. It's got Trent. I think. Okay. I, mean, I don't. I don't, <laughs> I, don't why, I, I don't know why Brighton bought Joe Pedro. I mean, he didn't exactly have a fantastic season last season. I think he's a squad player. I thought he looked good at um, Watford when he was in the Premier League. He looked like an exciting prospect. I don't know how he's got a on squad since. player. How much did they pay for him? Record signing. Exactly. Um, he's not a squad player. Who's next? Pedro? Yeah. Yeah. No, so, okay. So, so, yeah. so I think because of Pedro Jackson Gross in this team, and then 5.5 on the bench in Louise and Martinez on the bench, concert, I have to what? go five as well. But yeah. I, I do like the team, but I like to skimp out on the bench. And kind of just spend more. So for me, Gross could be like a more expensive midfielder, and that bench could be a bit cheaper. And if that happened, I would go up to an, maybe an eight out of ten. Yeah. I mean, what I'm delighted to say so far is I've only seen one Luton player in the t in in any in any drafts. Which By the way, this goalkeeper I've not seen Strak Strakosha. Never heard of him. Who is he? He's probably the lowest owned four point five. Is he? Is he? <laughs> Four million. I'm assuming. Oh, four million. Sorry, four million. Right, Ozzy Sharks. I'm sure we've already answered we've one of these teams. Connor, Connor we've, we've already seen. answered. William, we've already seen. Some, some of these are should we maybe jump backwards again. General Zod, we haven't done yet. I think some people have resubmitted. General, General Zod, we haven't done. Three five two, 0.5 million in the bank. New rules on injury time have made me want Watkins over Jesus. Keeper is still in the balance. Pickford versus Steele versus Johnston. Pickford at the moment, Estupinian, Gabriel Chilwell, Martinelli, Saka, Bruno, Rashford, Matoma, Watkins, Harland, Bench of Cash, Obama, Bayer. Nine. 
I'm gonna go for an nine, eight, eight, eight and a half. What about you guys? D- 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 we've seen all these players I... before. Just a eight. score, just a score. Eight. Yeah, I if think... you go on Pickford, you need Leno as your backup keeper. Rotating. Instead of Arias. It's a great rotation. The, the idea of rotating keepers is horrible. I, I don't <laughs> like it. It's, it's, it's better on one of them to Pickford. Yeah, but when you get a penalty saving three bonus points away at Man United and you've sat it on your bench, honestly, I've been there. It's horrible. Just don't do it. Just don't rotate goalkeepers. And the trouble is with someone like Pickford... It's the least. It's when you least expect him to get returns. He goes on and get the bloody returns, like you said. And not only that, you're rotating them for game where they're not going to get save points. That's the way you're looking at it. And they play away. They play at home at Luton, and then he has a storm. Get one shot on target, and they score, and they get no save points. It's horrible. I I can't. I can't abide it. Well, it comes down to your history because I had. I was very successful rotating, but it's a flip of the coin most weeks. So you can, yeah. Normally go over the home fixture. That's not normally the way it works out. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I'll just say this. I mean, look, if, you, if, you've, if you're just looking at it from a perspective of gut, then I think that's very, very difficult to do. If you've got a method yeah. in your selection, then maybe not. You know, you've, you know let's say you looked at our uh, metrics for, expect- for our net XG against or something, and you went with Gabe's metric all the way across and said, I'm going to go that way. And you know what? We'd be damned with it. Then... Fair enough. I've no problem in, in that type of mentality. But what you don't want is you don't want to be getting into a situation where you're questioning yourself every week. You've just got to yeah. say, this is what I'm going to do. Bang, 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 bang. And just be done with it. By the way, Gusto, Gusto, ne- next team, ratings out of 10. Next Which one's team. this one? Travis. I still kind of like this Salah draft. So there's a Salah and Haaland draft, the second one on the show. Unpopular, but I think Gabriel will do more situational work this season and won't be as nailed. So they just want some reassurances from me about who will play as the centre-back pairing for Arsenal. But the team is Onana, Estupinia and Gabriel Henry. Salah instead of Trent. Saka, Foden, Matoma, Mwemo. The first double 6.5 million midfield draft we've seen. Haaland, Jesus, Colwell, Gusto and Archer. As a Chelsea fan, Ducky, with James's injury record, if he gets injured, do, do we see Gusto starting? I imagine so, I, right? I think we do, yeah. I mean, I'd be picking Chilwell over James. Um, Colwell, is, is, he's going to be starting game week one. Fosacino has almost pretty much said so, um, regardless how long he's going to keep that position. They've tried very, very hard to give him a new contract to keep him, so he could be a great 4.5. question is, how good are we going to be defensively? As Chris has said, and everyone knows, we're a bit of an unknown, really. We don't know what they're going to be like. Um, the thing about Salah, it's the wrong time to get him. When you want Salah, it's when he really hauls at that price and you want a better block of fixtures. And it isn't in game week one. You know, it's later on in the season, on game week nine, I think it is. So, so what would be your I'd score give, out of 10? I'd give that about a, I'd give it a six. What about you, Chris? Six. What about you, Luke? Yeah, six for me. And just a very, very, very quick point on Salah. I think he's the only Liverpool forward that we know is going to start. Yeah, true. Out of all five, yeah. To me, that's got a weight to it. So for Um, me, right, this team, I guess if I compare it to like what I've seen, the template, I essentially see like a second 6.5 million midfielder plus like Henry instead of 
like an eight million midfielder and yeah. Trent. There right? is a blazing hole in this draft as well. There's no Manchester United midfielder, and I think you're going to need one. Personally. Yeah, with, with those fixtures, United start with. Um, if you ignore United, I would give this a seven and a half out of ten. With the United gap, I think I'd go down to six and a half, seven yeah. out of ten. In terms of the Arsenal centre-backs, just to quickly answer that question, I don't know about Gabriel being more situational, um, but I do worry because Kivio's looked very good in pre-season. He can play left centre-back, he can play left-back. And I just think that you're going to see pep levels of rotation in Arteta's back line this season. I'll put my neck out on the line and say that. I think that the fact that kind of Timber can play left back, right back, Tommy Asu could play left back, right back, White could play right back, Tierney's there still. There is of Kivio's there. Like they, if you look at kind of Arteta's signing since he joined, he's very rarely paid anything for forwards. I think Jesus and Trossard are the only forwards he's bought in nearly four seasons. Obviously, he's done well with Academy talents who've done very well, and maybe he didn't spend as much in attack, but Arteta spends a lot on the fence. And I genuinely believe you're going to see pep levels of rotation in that back line. I've got Gabriel and my current teammate, but I do think Saliba is the more nailed of the two long term. Yeah. I just one don't think it's enough of a worry to not go just, Gabriel. Just anymore. one point I would just say, are we buying Arsenal defenders because we are frightened of the EO of Arsenal's defence more than we are expecting clean sheets? Yes. Probably. I'm not. I think I, I, I dropped one. I dropped mine. So yeah, I think two that's the only reason I'm holding. To be honest, Ducky, that's the only reason I've got Gabriel Adsley, but, but I moved to Gabriel. But that's only because I'm just expecting maybe a slight more gold threat. Um, but you know, to be honest with you, I genuinely he's the first player to fall off my draft. If I want to save some money in def- in defence, he's the first one to go. Taking Gabriel. Trent out of the equation because we always because he's kind of a different player. I never worry about a defender's EO because their ceilings are often a lot lower than the EO of a midfielder. Yeah, or a I'm forward. not talking about them as a, him as a defender. I'm talking about the Arsenal defence EO. When you include like Ramsdale and every yeah, other defender that's been picked. Mm. Like even owning one, you're probably going to gain nothing unless they get an attacking yes, return. Exactly, it's nothing more than a cover is the point. I mean, yeah, Chris, you made I a good point this... about no United. I'm sorry, just say, I think it's what we're sort of seeing here, look at these teams. I think it's really important to get a piece of the action on nearly all the big teams. You can't go about no City or no United or no Arsenal or no Liverpool. You've got to get one in from every team because they may be the one. I mean, look, I, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, this, the surf move is to cover the, the best teams across the pitch, right? This is the surface way to start the game. I, I just think that Gabriel or Arsenal's defence are probably the easiest ones, apart from EO, to drop. Personally. So I, I don't want to quote like a voodoo metrics, but um, I, I remember seeing a thread from Big Man Bacar and it was basically like the first seven of the eight opponents Arsenal face concede the most from set pieces. And when I look at Gabriel and his underlying numbers, he got three goals from almost a 5xG last season. He has eight goals in the last two seasons. He scored the most goals from a centre-back in the last three seasons. I think pretty much every set piece goes to him. And if you're looking at like clean sheets, okay, I expect there'll be a few. I still think Arsenal are one of the better defences in the league, despite the kind of the second half run-in with Saliba out. With Saliba back, 
And with the addition of Rice, personally, I am going to have an Arsenal defender. And the only reason I wouldn't is if I had triple Arsenal attack. Now, um, let's go to the next team, FPL Black Dragon Dom. It's got double bright. He's actually the first 4-4-2 I think we've seen. It has Steele and Estupinian, double price in defence. Gabriel Stones, Chilwell. Salah, Bruno, Saka, Mitoma. Haaland and Kunku, Anderson, Mobama and Bayer. So this has a Salah and Haaland team. Personally, I felt that the 4-4-2s that have Salah and Haaland have been more balanced than the kind of the 3-4-3s or the 3-5-2s with Salah and Haaland. So I do like this team. I don't like the Brighton double defence, but I I would probably give this team a 7.5 out of 10. What about you guys? Probably 6 for me. I think probably a six. I just it doesn't feel, seem very flexible. No, it doesn't. And, and I, I, I tend to agree with you there, Ducky. It doesn't. And I think just looking at this, um, again, the double the double Brighton defence, well, they probably more of an unknown than anything, particularly if they lose any mid, lose their midfield, which is they're trying the best uh, to not for that not to happen. But if they do, that completely kiboshes it. Uh, I think seven, six and a half, six and a half. I'm being kind. All right, quick fight. What about you? The first, the first team of Matoma is he nailed? Matoma. I think, yeah, I think that's the first team we've seen with Matoma in actually. No, I've seen a few. There's been a few. Yeah, yeah, he's in a few. There was a Matoma and Mbwemo team. Um, I think he's as, he, he's pretty nailed. Um, whether what the he hell? I can't read this. Uh, we're going to go to the next one. FPL baggers. We're going to really go for quick fight. What's his team? I can't see. I can't even read it. Flecken, Shaw, Tarkovsky, Estupinian, Saka, Foden, March, Rashford, McNeil, Jesus and Haaland, Chilwell, Baldock, Mobama. So in this team, we have McNeil. We have March instead of uh, Mitoma or otherwise. And we have Tarkovsky as a third defender rotating with Chilwell. Flecken he's, been he's been listening to me, hasn't he? Because he's got Solly March in there. Yeah, I think Solly March is another one of those players who we've not seen him really appear so much in pre-season. So I'd be a bit concerned just minutes. We, we've had this conversation though, haven't we? But I mean, of course, we need to keep an eye on that. That is an important consideration. But March potentially has a heavy involvement. Um, he's on set piece. He's more of an assist, more of a creator than a finisher. But it will be involved. McNeil is possibly. Uh, although Dan Juma might have something to say about that, is about as talismanic as you can find for Everton right now, given Dyche Ball, although they don't do much, but he's involved in pretty much what they do. Um, I quite like the structure here, because you can see that there's a, a number of price points covered off. Um, I don't hate it, guys. I don't hate it. I like Chilwell sat on the bench waiting to come in in game week three. I'll give him a... I think I'll give him a seven and a half. I'll be that's that's what I would suggest. What about you? Yes, seven and a half. Creativity. What well, yeah. double Everton's a bit risky, but he's going he's following the fixtures, which I don't mind. Yeah, I think he is. And you can see the Tarkovsky pick that makes sense. I've no problem in him playing. Um, you know, I could see McNeil actually being a if he <clears throat> If it comes off, it could be a, it could be a little it could be a really shrewd little pick. What about the Brentford goalkeeper with um with kind of the changes there. I'm, I think I'm it's very dependent this. on how they set up, isn't it? I mean, the, the reason, and this is where you really need Gabe for this, but the issue with the reason that um, Brent uh, did so well last year is with respect to the goalkeeper is because 
they were getting lots of shots. He was saving lots of shots, but there were relatively low XG shots. So that meant that his save points actually went up quite well. Um, and therefore, so, so basically, there were just not good chances. There were just chance, lots of shooting from outside the box from memory, from what Gabe said. So maybe if that continues, then Flecken's a very, very good option at 4.5 million. I'm going to go for a 7 out of 10. I think we need to keep going. There's yeah. a lot of teams. Luke, Let's you're going to give us your score for the next one first from Alex Volo. Yeah, okay. You can't beat this shit. Edison in goal. He, he somehow <laughs> had the review team before review released. Edison holding me and Pinnock. Brownhill, Neto, McNeil, Ayu and Bailey. Vekos, Captain and Lukaku. That was, la that was last year. What is, what, if that this is was last game week one, sure. I would give you a 7 out of 10. This it's game like, week one, I'm going to give you a minus 2 out of 10. We'll keep yeah. going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. I mean, it has to be. It is, it's, not, it's not worth a conversation. Uh, what, we'll the, beauty the, of it, the beauty of it is he's picked an absolute sack of shit and they still bench Trent. <laughs> um, he's benched Marshall and Trippier and Allison too. But um, Daddy Bot, let's see what Rockets team's saying. So Johnston, Gabriel Stones, Estupinan. I feel like I'm seeing Gabriel Stones and Estupinan as a pretty kind yeah, of regular back line. Template, isn't it? A super template, that. Saka, Rashford, Bruno, Mobuemo, and Kunku, Haaland, Jesus. Poro on the bench in this one. Do you want to zoom, five million in the back. Can you zoom in? That looks like a game of Subutio. I can't see anything. <laughs> any any better? Well, what would you give yeah, this I can one? Read that. Yeah, yeah that's better. Um, going through it. Uh, so look, yeah, it seems that seems fairly decent. I would say what I like. See what I like about some of these teams is when you look at this team, I don't see anyone there that isn't even a question mark of starting, apart from Jesus yeah. is injured, yeah. right? So there's no question mark, and <clears throat> yeah, I like it. I'd say I'd say that's an eight for me. I agree. Yeah. I I really like it. I think Poro's an interesting pick going forwards. Um, I think obviously Jesus might not be in might not be in the start given what we what we're hearing, but you know he could be replaced by Watkins. I really like it. I, I like Johnston pick as well. Eight and a half. Eight out of ten. What about you, Ducky? I'm amazed that there's lack of love for Liverpool. This is a Chelsea fan. Is it because people are afraid that they don't know who's going to start? Because or is it? Yeah, I think, there isn't a, I think there's a strong well, element of that. Yeah, I think it's got to be that. that. I think yeah. it's got to be that. Like I said, Salah's the only one from the front five. Yeah. Or whatever that we know for sure is going to start. I mean, and the opportunity the... cost is high, right? So going Salah, the opportunity cost is so high. In comparison, if he's the only nailed option, you can see why people are leaving them alone and and sitting waiting for the fixtures to turn by about game week six, which is where they do significantly improve. And I I, I can wait. I think. I will have Liverpool players by the time we come to seven, eight, nine, ten, whenever, for sure. But I think we can sit and wait and see what happens, right? And and, and do you know what, Chris? By the time we want him, he'll probably be about zero point four cheaper. Yeah, there'll be a few. We're going to we're gonna go to the next team. We've got to keep going, guys. Yeah, a lot of these teams are similar. Uh, the backlines: yeah. Onana, Chilwell, Stones, Estupinian. This kind of front like this front 11 is like pretty much it's nearly the same it's nearly the same as we've seen i think that's a solid eight yeah we'll it's give that an eight we'll give that an eight um pow there to rotate with a stupid and chillwell yeah i like the power the like, uh, i like that pick and i is, and is he the most nailed villa uh, aston villa defender yeah i think so 
Yeah, I, I would definitely say he's the one. Save money on Anana. Is is Anana really necessary? Is Manchester United defence really necessary? As much as Arsenal's necessary, not necessary. Is Manchester United defence not necessary too? I think they've possibly got two clean sheets in the first eight or nine games. Looking at looking at it, I think there's a bit of an overstatement. I think there's an overstatement. I think there's an overstatement on the bonus point potential of Anana passing out from the back. Um, if we kind of ignore that element of it, which is kind of, frankly, voodoo, um, you know, most goalkeepers, if they get a clean sheet and get free saves, they'll get some bonus. Some passing Look, might help, but, like, we're talking about marginal fucking gains, like maybe yeah. one extra bonus point here over a couple of clean sheets over a season. So, Luke, what's your view? You were coming um, in... Name- yeah, in terms of Man United, I, I, I don't know whether you... You're looking at it through the same um, lens as me, but I'm kind of seeing six clean sheets in the first 10. I'm seriously wow. looking at a lot of clean sheets. I mean, if you look at it, you've got Wolves at home, good chance. Tottenham away, no. Forest at home, good chance. Arsenal away, no chance. Brighton, probably no chance. Burnley, Palace, Brentford, Sheffield United. I'd fancy all of those. I, I see. think there's, yeah. I think there's right there. six in that first 10. And, and don't forget, like, there's going to be a lot of chopper changing we're going to be doing all season in midfield. We don't have mm-hmm. the free transfers to be messing around with our goalkeepers. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm happy game, enough with Onana. James net XG against, look, if you can see it. I don't know if you can yeah, see no, that. We, we, very barely, but yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying I to think... zoom it up. You can see there, Manchester United, 0. 0.65, 0. 0.36. They're very good. Game week one, game week three, game so week seven. Where do your two out of eight come from? That's what I, I agree with Luke. Yeah, I'm, I'm three. thinking three. a much three. higher number. It's I'm three. Thinking there's, I'm thinking there's six out of ten if you take the I don't first think ten. Out of ten. I don't see that. These are ones. These are not. These are very good numbers. These, these numbers here, 0. 0.63, 0. 0.36, 0. 0.65, they're very good. I changed my mind. I'll say three, not two. But what you're also, <laughs> what you're also looking at is a fully fit Man United. You're looking at a fully fit Man United Varane defense. Varane fit, Casemiro not got a red card. Fit Man United defense. <laughs> yeah. I think Martin is not Johnny Evans at the back. What can, what can go wrong when you got Johnny Evans at the back? You know. Yeah. Will um, the the other point on Anana will will he be a bonus point magnet with all these passes and sweeper keeper and all of this that's going on? Is that is that part of it? Possibly. I mean, he is cheaper than Shaw, which is obviously the attraction, and I can see that. And he's actually in my drafts. I'm trying to actually argue against him to try and save myself half a million, if I'm honest with you, because I would yeah. love to go to Johnston, but at the moment, I'm still on him. I don't think you can that's be too it. tight. Are you, brave, are you brave enough to go Johnston? He's like 1.4% owned or something. No, no, I really like Onana. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. I think I saw some numbers, um, obviously. It's very selective, but if you kind of remove Man United's away games against like the top six or top seven where they let in most of their goals, in the kind of following 29 games or so, they barely conceded. It was below an average of like one goal a game. So I think United, especially at Old Trafford, playing at home, they're going to strengthen. I think they've had some great new signings. I think Holland's going to sign as well. I think they're going to be a different team. I don't think Ten Hag could implement his positional play last season not with the goalkeeper he had Neymar I can see who's coming next I think we need to roast but that's uh, that's the one after we've got to do William I I just saw who's going to come and I think there's about time I think someone who's been rather aggressive in the chat might might get his comeuppance in a minute I don't know Um, so just (laughs) William's team um, 
It has Watkins in the starting 11 in a 3 4 3. It's the first one we've seen. It has Pickford in goal and it has Bramthwaite starting over Chilwell. Personally, I just see Everton conceding, even if it's at home against Fulham. And I would not own Chilwell if I didn't start him. I cannot comprehend any of the drafts I'm seeing with Chilwell on the bench. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, I would just start him if I had him. I'd probably get him and start him. So that's just me. He plays like a left winger. You're, you're the kind of uh, Chelsea fan. I'm playing Liverpool. Correct me, I'm if, I'm wrong. Correct me Liverpool if I'm wrong. Yeah. For fun. Exactly. Liverpool because he goes for fun. But correct me if I'm wrong, Ducky. But like, I see Chilwell was playing very advanced, like almost like a left winger position. And in a recent interview in the preseason, he literally said that Poch has asked him to get as high up as he can off the pitch. So I just cannot comprehend how you could own Chilwell and not start him. Personally, I'm seeing him on the bench on so many teams. I think it's because purely at the minute with Chelsea, you're getting him for the potential attacking return because Chelsea aren't going to keep a clean sheet. Um, I have, I don't have Chilwell in my team. or I, No, I do, but I'm not starting against Liverpool because... It's going to be a nil-nil draw, okay? It's going to be a nil-nil draw. It's such a pessimistic... It's so pessimistic. I mean, it makes sense because no one's going to want to give away a game with one team. Again, you know. I mean, what's wrong with um, this is what's wrong with this is the double Everton. I would I would swing yeah. that out for sure. Um, but and again, you could play Chilwell, couldn't you? So in, what in would you team, so what would you give this score? Yeah, what would you give this score? I'll, I'll knock him down for the double Everton, but I still quite like it. So it's a seven. I think in that team, if you're not investing in Liverpool, you've got to play Chilwell and play the the odds that Chelsea get something out of that game. It's not like you've got Trent and Chilwell or Salah and Chilwell. Um, I don't like the Everton double. I like I, I bring this back to Rashford because we just mentioned United strive signing a striker. If Rashford, I think a lot of people want Rashford because he's going to play up front. If he goes back to the midfield, does that make him a better or a worse option? I think yeah, better. Yeah. I think he himself has said he prefers coming in off the left. It's a bit like Martinelli. That when Martinelli's played centre forward, I don't think he's as good playing with his back to goal. And when Martinelli is able to run at the last defender and break through the lines. I prefer seeing him cutting inside from the left wing. And with Rashford, I feel similar. One thing I will say about United, and maybe this will change, and Gabe has a point. He says Rashford's XGI might drop, considering the mm. Holland signing. Holland and Mount could create more. I think last season, I don't mean to be offensive, but essentially I felt like at times it felt like United were playing route one football. And the only opportunity they had was to get the ball out to Rashford. It was like almost like a one-man team. Um, I don't care what anyone else says, but I'm pretty sure Casemiro was the second highest goal scorer at some point. And if you look at like Liverpool and City and Arsenal, there's never going to be a world where Rodri, Partey or Fabinho are the second highest scorers in those teams. They played on the transition and Rashford was relied on through individual brilliance to return. So the question is, will Rashford still be the guy who everything goes to? Are they going to rely on his individual brilliance? Because end of the day, Holland's a fantastic signing, huge potential. He's 20 years old, though. He had nine league goals last season. Is it that despite him playing centre forward, it just gives Ten Hag a way to do his positional play better? And is it actually Rashford is still the main man? He's the one they're targeting, right? So that's my kind of opinion. If you had to pick one, considering that Bruno's at 0.5 cheaper, which one do you You go for? You pick Bruno. Yeah. If you well, I've only got one at the moment. I've got Rashford. Um, if I had Go to Bruno. free up the money, I'd probably move to Bruno. Yeah. I think what I looked at when we looked at those numbers for the forwards it, on the basis, they're very, very close together. With Rashford's more of an attacking uh, goals than assists. But 
I think actually you'd on balance go with Bruno over Rashford if you were only going for one. Would be anyway. Let's go to routines team, FPL routine. Onana, Gabriel, Estupinian and Baldock, Colwell and Bayer on the bench. We got Martinelli, Bruno, Salah, March and Saka, Wissa and Haaland, Mubama on the bench. What are we rating this one? I, I really like this. I don't know. Baldock at home? Baldock? I, I don't have a major problem with Baldock. Um, I mean, is there I any money in the it. bank? I don't know whether I would start a defender, a team coming up out of out of the championship in game week one, even at home. Personally, I, I wouldn't do that. I like the March pick. Visser, first time. That's an interesting one. But is he, really, is he really a second striker here? I think that's the pain of Salah, isn't it? For sure. I, I think basically you're picking Embremo over Visser because of the pens. Visser being a forward is a great advantage because you've got so many great midfield options. You can get your Brentford attack and you haven't hit the midfield slot yet. I agree with that. I don't I, expect Brent, I, I don't expect Brentford to get that many pens and then Bromo suddenly that much better option. I think I think this is definitely a dark horse. What are we giving it out of 10? Or about uh, 1.4. I'd go 1.2. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm and that's gonna... all because you got Visser. That's, that's the only reason. I think. Look, I'll give, I like a, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give him a proper rating. I'll give him a proper rating. I don't like the Baldock pick. Um, I think Visser. I think you could do. You probably strengthen that up a little bit. So I'm going to give it a six. Do you know what it is? And it shows you when you got Harlan Salah. It seems very inflexible to get anywhere to do anything really. I think who, you're right. Who are you sacrificing? Who do you sacrifice there? We come so back to that opportunity cost, don't we? That opportunity cost of Salah is so high. Look what it does to the rest of the team. It just destroys it. And this well, is why get him against Chelsea? You don't need to get him game week one. One thing I will say is um, a lot of the Salah teams I've seen, the idea is like Salah... Because in previous seasons, right, the logic was you had the most expensive player in every position. So you'd have like a Trent, Salah and Haaland. And if they don't work out, you can buy anyone in one move, right? Yeah. So, so you kind of look at this and you think, are you kind of sacrificing maybe your 10th or 11th man to fit them both in the two premiums? And is the plan basically that I will sell Salah and downgrade him? Because if he bangs, you're not going to sell him. So then you're very inflexible going forwards with any future transfers, as Robert Ducky says. Or if he flops and you sell him, then would it have not been a better game to have a more balanced team and not have Salah to start with and maybe bring him in at a less, later point with better fixtures? I'm still going to give this... this way, Nima. If you want to downgrade on that on that principle, go get Son at 9 million. And, but you're not going to do it because he's a terrible pick. I don't know. Son and Richardson, I have to see Kane leave before game week one to even entertain that. And even then, it's a tough one for me. But um, I think I would give this team... I'll still give it an 8 out of 10 because I like to see these two premium drafts. I don't think there's enough of them. I think we're placing way too much importance on like our third defender outscoring the shit third defender that we're seeing I think in a lot of these teams. There's one, there's one positive for Salah and that is game week two captaincy. If you yeah. think he's going to bang, he could be. it could be gold. But how many points are you going to potentially lose everywhere else on the pitch 
for that cap for that opportunity of that captaincy in game week two. Can yeah, I just okay. say about game week two? If you've got Trent, and um, we were here this time last season, Chris, they'll concede. And, they'll concede. Yep, yep. Concede all the time. They they yeah, can't. Chris, I told you last season Trent was a better captaincy option than Salah in that game. There's more anyway. holes in there's more holes in Liverpool's defence than a fucking tea bag. But it's Bournemouth. All right, guys, we're two hours seven minutes in. This is about to be the longest ever episode of Net That Hall. My scroll bar is getting smaller on the right hand side, so I think we're almost there. But now it's just from now on, it's just a score. So FBI very quick because I need to go because I've got to get up for work in the morning. It's already one a.m. here. Jesus Christ, 3.5 million in the bank. Five. In... Five. Swap to Salah, Trent, or expensive forward. Pedro Stones, Chilwell, Martinez, Bruno, Fernandes, oh. Five and a half out of ten. Four. Yeah, that's that's Five. the lowest one I've seen. I think three. Nehal, Pickford, Gabriel, Stupinan, Chilwell, Diaby, Bruno, Eze, Saka, Salah, Holland, Jackson. Six. Six. Diaby and, and Eze, the problem's there for me. Again, Five. sacrificing because of Salah. Six. And Jackson, five for me, that. So we've got Whitebeard, 4-4-2, Steele, Trent, Poro, Stupinian, Ruben Diaz, Odegaard, Foden, Saka, March, Jesus, Haaland, Chorwell on the bench. I'll go for an eight out of ten. Five. It's lower for me because you've got Steele and Poro there starting, I think, so for me, lower. Six. Six. Peter, FPL team. Pickford, Gabriel, Stones, Estupinian, Bruno, Foden, Saka, Rashford, Jesus, Holland, Darwin. It goes six because of Darwin, seven if it was a different strike. Yeah, but you, I think you've been a bit. I think you've been a bit unfair here. He's one player off a very, very yeah. good team. I think that's. We'll go, we'll go seven, eight if it wasn't Darwin. I, I, you know, I mean that Darwin could become Nkunku and you'd be right up there. I think yeah, that, so. I like that team pretty much just screams template, doesn't it? When you look, yeah, at it that. does. But it's, I mean, but I like that. So that's yeah, fine. no, it does. But it does scream template. I, I prefer at least two to three players that are like slightly differential on game week one. So to I, only I, have I do Darwin, agree. that's not. But remember what me. we said, Nima. We've said this before on that that whole go for comp. You, you, a differential doesn't have to be a differential player. It can be two players from the same team, so and that's why I issue. like. I've seen. I've not seen many double Arsenal uh, midfields, double United midfields. I like that, and I well, think uh, there you opportunities double returns particularly like you say maybe you've got Martinelli and you've got Gabriel there and then you get Martinelli crossing the ball for Gabriel to stick it into the net as well there's another option of a differential right of, of you know of double returns and I think that's how we did it in year before last wasn't it with Ben Rama and Antonio and players like that that's how we do it yep all right let's go Asake Onana Shaw Trippier is a new one here Estupinian Rashford Mbwemo Trossard Matoma, Dan Yuma, Holland and Kunku, Jackson, Chilwell and Aki on the bench. If this is not a bench boost, God knows what's going on. Um, I would play Jackson over Dan Juma. I'll play Chilwell over Shaw instead of double United defence personally. I, I just I, you know, I like just the team in general. If you think Liverpool is shit to defend, Liverpool can't defend, play all three. Go for it. But like, but like one Arsenal player and it's Trossard, who might not even start, I'm giving this yeah, a four out sure. of ten. It's weak. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. It's not very good. All right, next one. Simeon Astrala. We'll get this one to Luke. Flecken, Gabriel, Aki, Estupinian, Bruno, Rashford, Saka, Grealish for the first time. Ooh. Harland, Jesus, and Darwin. And the bench has Henry, Anderson, and Balduk. 
What do yeah, you mean so in first, the top 10? That's first mention of Ake. So I say that's a Guardiol replacement. So I think Ake, Ake, you can kind of bust away. So that's the only issue there. Grealish, well, ex Villa. Oh, don't don't even go there. No, Grealish. <laughs> no, just change him to Foden and be with everybody else. Don't even bother. Uh, is, 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 he is he your Harvey Barnes? Is he cheaper? Is he your Harvey Barnes? He is. Is he cheaper? Yeah. He's got a good price. Guys, out of ten though, out of ten, we need to keep going. Uh, seven. How how cheap is Grealish? Is he cheaper than Foden? I think same price. Oh yeah, I wouldn't pick him on principle yeah, anyway. I'd probably, Foden Foden as well. I'd probably go Foden as well. Uh, seven for me. Yeah. Six. Uh, six. Yeah. Six. Six ish. Six and a half. I, 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 I just don't get the double. Don't I just don't get the double United midfield. I just don't. Everyone loves it. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't hate. Right, it. FPL Wrangler, Onana, Estupinian, Stones, and Gabriel, Bruno, Rashford, Saka, Mitoma, Holland, Jesus, Dobbin. We're seeing a lot of. We've seen a lot of this. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? All of these teams were before Darwin got benched today. So the question is: Do you think he's getting rested to stay fresh, or do you think that it's just a risk? He had a great preseason. But he had a great preseason last year too, and it didn't really work out. I think there's just there's just so many up there. We don't know what they're doing. I think it's very very difficult. Um, I, and he's crap. Well, yes, I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, you could argue. That. I'm going to scroll to the next team. It's going to improve. What do we think on that one? I would he say has to. seven and a half. Yeah, similar. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. yeah. Next, quick, quick, quick. Let's go. Hurry up. I need to get up in the morning. Quick. <laughs> Nothing different there, really. It's, just, um, it's a similar, but it's a 4 3. It's a 3 4 3. I think Jackson's the difference there, isn't he? Anana, Chilwell, Estupian, Stones, Rashford, Martinelli, March, Salah, the Salah, Alvarez. Interesting. There's there's an interesting pick. No, but there's no Haaland here. So he's gone with a single premium, but he's gone with Salah instead. It's more balanced in some senses, but the issue is. I just think that are we asking for trouble just going Alvarez? I think you probably are. That's playing with dynamite, that is. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It kind the of screams De... where's the money gone? Yeah. I think the De Bruyne injury when we heard that he might miss the start yes, of the season, exactly. Alvarez was a bit more interesting. But with him having made the bench so quickly <clears throat> a few weeks ago, I'm not so uh convinced no, with this no. team. You you just don't you can't go Alvarez, I don't think. I think uh... For me, right, in terms of Brighton players, I'm like waiting for the standout budget player to show themselves, and they really haven't in preseason, like an MCSO or a Pedro. Um, I'm not sure I'm so convinced on the March and Matomas and well, even, well, the Welbecks of the world. Even speaking of that, that Androne it looks pretty blooming useful at five million as well, and he's Brighton. I mean, they're just it's it's crazy. Yeah, so who knows where they're going to go. So what are we going to give uh, Andrew Dale? He's got two million in the bank, by the way. What are, what are we going to give this team out of ten? I'm happy, despite the Holland missing pick. I'm still going to give this a seven and a half, eight out of ten. But why give two million? Spend what the money? Reason two million in the bank? I, I don't yeah, understand. It's too, it's too much in the bank. It doesn't give it, that two million can't go. Can't like like, like I, I would rather that was let's say I mean, March, March, March could become Bruno. Like a, like March could become Bruno. March could become Bruno for that. All right, yeah. let's keep going. YC Yang, 
triple 6.5 million midfielders, which are nailed. There's the first triple 6.5 million midfielders. Yeah, but See, there's the lack of flexibility. There's a flat structure, and I don't like it for that reason. Like, well, I guess I like Harland, Jesus, Salah, Saka, Mitoma, Mbwemo, Eze, Stones, Gabriel, Stupin, and Johnston. You say lack of flexibility, but is that just because he, he has all the 6.5 million million? How is he going to jump up to that eight, eight and a half million, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half million player? Easy. Pop off. Easy. Just just sell Jesus to like Jao Pedro if he starts and upgrade one of the shit 3.6.5s that doesn't work out and you've suddenly got an 8 million midfielder. Yeah, that, that's two free transfers. Free. Yeah, game week three. Yeah, game week three. Game week three. painful to me. It feels very unflexible. I don't like this at all. I would go as far as say I, I think this is probably one of, for me, that midfield by doing it the way he's done it, I think it really is tough. He's going to have to possibly axe Salah very quickly. Maybe that's what he's thinking. Drop Salah out. Well, he, well, he says and, that. And open to selling Salah off the game yeah, week three. I can see that. He, now, yeah, he, he, and here's the thing you've got to remember. Planning that for game week three means you're bringing in players that you wanted. They've probably gone up in price by 1.2, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, yeah, 1.2. Salah, like, yeah, but when you're selling Salah, it doesn't matter if they've gone up in price. Well, like, if you're picking Salah, you've got to give him more than three weeks. So what the hell do you get him for? For the captaincy in game week two, potentially. If you think he's going to double-digit Hall and Haaland's going to like At that him. price, he, he's, he's undroppable. He should be. I don't know. Maybe not. It's all about... Maybe you think, you know, Liverpool are going to win 3-0 in the first game against Chelsea, captain him against Bournemouth. Sell him in game week three. He could, like, you know, YC Yang could be fucking flying, guys. Like, we said we, we barely know anything in the first few game weeks, right? I'm going to give this a six out of ten either way, but let's keep right, Is anybody not captain in Haaland in the first five game weeks? Me. Right. Well, he doesn't okay. have Haaland. Yeah, he doesn't have Haaland and he's captain in Trent in game week two. Yeah. Trent in game week two. I don't know about Trent in game week two, but let's keep going. FPL Banger podcast. <laughs> Onana, Estupinian, Stones, Gabriel, Matoma, Bruno, Rashford, Saka, Haaland and Alvarez together with Jesus, Anderson, Botman, Byron, the bench. For Banga, I will give this a... I like Alvarez. It's a big yeah, punt. It's yeah. a big doesn't, punt. Doesn't it, look, doesn't, it, doesn't it look completely different when Haaland's in there and Alvarez? I think it's because he's got the away kit there, to be honest. I don't... <laughs> No, I'm still going to give this an 8 out of 10. But we, keep, we keep going unless you've got anything to add. I love the double uh, Man City attack and Alvarez over Foden. I think we all put a lot of faith into Foden. But like there's method in this, equally there's, there's actually method in this madness. I know Siva quite well. There's method in this madness, you know. He's cheap. He, he is going to get minutes. He's probably, got, like you said, there's going to be all this injury time where Alvarez is going to be on. Gonna, the teams are going to be yeah. breathing I, out their ass. Alvarez could be a really interesting little pick, actually. I think the he's, thing about that I team, really think he's a good pick if you've got Haaland. I know that yes. sounds daft. I agree I think, with you. I, think I agree there. I think he's a terrible pick if you don't have Haaland. Yeah. But I think if you've got Haaland, that's a good little Man City differential in there as well. Because... If you've got Haaland, everyone else is going Foden Stones, Foden Stones, Foden Stones. So why not try it? I really, that's, I love that, it. I love it. Do, do you know what? That has got that little devil on my shoulder, twitching for the first time. This in all two drafts, two drafts ago, you didn't like Alvarez, but that was because he was on his no, own. No, 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 but no, with no, Haaland, no, 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 no. It's a different recipe. Yeah, Luke is right. I don't like Alvarez on his own. I like no. him with Haaland. All right, let's go to FPL Planner. 
Uh, Onana, Gabriel Stones, Chilwell, Bruno, Salah, March, Saka, Eze, Wissa, and Haaland. The second Wissa draft. I've seen more marches than Matomas tonight. Um, double four million defence. Because they, because they want to that hole. <laughs> I don't know, man. Gab, Gabriel says, like, he's a, well, Gabriel. He always tells us that March is a wing-back playing out of position as a winger. And do you really yeah. trust that guy's finishing? We don't listen to Gabriel. We don't listen to no, I I listen to Gabriel. That's a great point. It's that is a fucking great game. point, right? This They're is a right fucking wing game. back. Like he gets lots of chances, yeah, but he's a fucking wing back, man. Like let's be real here. Like he, he also said it didn't snow in Las Vegas or something, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I think, thing, where is he? Of, is he in Costa Rica right now? Yeah. The thing about this team is though, Visa March Eze. You feel like you should only take a punt on one of them, but you've got three big punty players there. Yeah. Like, I love that because I like three differentials maximum. So they yeah, but didn't we rules. talk about yeah, but didn't we talk about playing it safe at the beginning? Yeah, but I think three differentials is still playing it safe because you got to remember Salah is the other differential here. So those three players you mentioned, I wouldn't look at it as those three players. I wouldn't look at it as like Eze, March, and Wissa. I would look at it as like Salah plus one of them. Versus Bruno plus a second Arsenal attacker. But is Salah a differential when we're talking about 26, 27%? Is that what he's at? 100%. Yeah. So on live FPL, under 25% is a star, a differential. Okay. Um, yeah. So like under 20, and if you captain him in game week two, captaincy under 125% is differential. So if okay. you've got Salah and you're going to captain him, even if he's 30%, it's just like slightly over differential. I know normally people think of differentials like under 10%. I, I know what you mean, Luke. I totally get that. But in general terms, like Salah at that price at 30% or below, that is like if he fucking returns and you, especially if you captain him in game week two <clears> and he outscores Haaland, Jesus Christ, like you're flying. So I really like this team from Planet, but I just don't like the March pick. Everything else, I don't mind. It's just the March pick for me that kind of... Well, what, what well we, we spoke about that. So you're saying Trent is differential as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, even having a Liverpool player is a differential right now. Just having one. Mm. Whichever it, it, one it it's is. A different, it, it's a different question altogether. We're not going to get into it, but we're looking at these game week one squads. How far in advance people are looking at these? Because sometimes... It's not very, and others be probably marking down low, but they're looking five, six, seven weeks advance. You know, they're planning to not burn their wildcard, whereas some of these teams we've seen, yeah. they're very open to maybe wildcarding in game week four, game week five, right? Look, I can guarantee one thing. There's only one person that's looked 18 weeks in advance. And that's yeah, you. Yeah, that's just ducky. Oh, okay, out of, so 10, out of, out of 10, out of 10. To have the commitment to look that far ahead is awesome. Because that is that, awesome. That's too scatty for me. I, I can't focus more than he, five. He's years. an addict after our own hearts. But what do we give this out yeah. of ten? What do we oh. give this, out of 10? this is six. I go yeah, seven. Two, I, I agree with seven. I agree with Ducky. Too punty with too many of them. Yeah, six. All right. Yeah. Onana, Stones, Gabriel, Stupinian, Bruno, Bowen, Saka, Mitoma, Jesus, Holland, Darwin, Chilwell on the bench. I'm gonna go six and a half, seven out of ten here. I don't like having Fleck and Anonana. That seems overkill. I, I, I barely like rotating goalkeepers, let alone a five million or four and a half. It, that, that's just, for me, that's just money lost. Um, 
West Ham have shocking fixtures. Like I know they've got Bournemouth, Luton, and Sheffield United in the first nine game weeks, but apart from those three fixtures, it's just god awful. You know, it's it's not the right time to be going in for West Ham players. Sorry, I'm just replying to the chat. FPL baggers, we have done your team somewhere earlier in the episode. I think it was quite early on, but um, I don't know if we were still kind then or if we were more roasting. But I'm, this, I'm sure this, some people weren't. But I, I, this one's a yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously the Darwin issue. I like the Bowen picker. I don't, you know. And again, he's he is quite talismanic with re, with respect to West Ham. He's heavily involved in things, and he's cheap. So I don't, you know, you don't expect a return every single week for him, right? <clears throat> so I don't, I don't hate that. I just think Darwin is probably was the weak point there. I think. I, I understand he's cheap, but with so many decent midfield options, he's taken up a valuable spot regardless of his price. Yeah, totally. Um, I think we we are like this. Is definitely the longest show we've ever done. Two hours twenty three. I'm literally flagging now. So uh, I thought the scrolling was getting to the end, but that little bar on the right looks like there's still a lot more teams to go. Christ um, Almighty. So, I'm, now, I'm so I think, Chris, let's give it five minutes so we get to two hours 30 and we will get out of here. But in those five minutes, let's just give scores now because I think most teams right, we've no. seen have the same players. All right. With some so slight ten, 20, two a minute for the next five, seven minutes. Go. Two minute, 30 seconds each. Pickford, Saliba, Stupinian, Chilwell, Powell, Martinelli, Eze, Bruno, Rashford, Son, Watkins, Harland. I give this one a 8 out of 10. Seven. I, quite, mm, I quite like the Son pick, but I'm not Seven, sure. yeah, I like Son as pun. Yeah. Seven. So that's so, team. It's a bit punty, so I give it a 7. FPL Pharmacist, 4-4-2, Fleck and Trent, Estupinian, Gabriel Botman, Salah, Martinelli, Foden, Mitoma, Holland and Kunku. Eight. I think I was going to say eight, yeah. but I'll say seven just because Botman has to play every week, basically. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, six. Yeah. Hate the Botman pick with no flexibility. FPL Rover, Yota or Watkins for game week two captaincy. Onana, Gabriel Stones, Chilwell, Martinelli, Saka, Bruno, Diego Jota, Richarlison, Holland and Watkins cash on the bench. I will go seven and a half out of ten. Minutes risk, Yota, Richarlison for me, slight problem. Um, obviously, it might change. Um, they both could be gold, by the way. It could be amazing that team. It, I just don't know yet. I, I love it. It's got it's got it's got a piece of all the pies. Yes. It's, it's the first a, team that has one of every team, right? Give it a seven, seven. But I'm only giving it a seven because I don't know what's happening at the start of the season. Yeah, FPL Scouser. Um, goes right. I bet nobody yeah. has this team. Onana, Stones, Gabriel, Stupinian, Saka, Mubwemo, Odegaard, Bruno, Rashford, I'll Everyone's give this an eight, eight and a half out of ten. That's template. Template as it is. We've seen it ten times this time yeah. already. FPL, Bojack, Horses, A Duck, Lens and the Mariner. Sounds like a Carrie novel. Onana, Estupinian, Trent, Chilwell, and Ciso, Diaz, Rashford, Odegaard, Harlan, Watkins, Ferguson, Zuma on the bench. Too many question marks. And Ciso and Ferguson with Diaz. Six and a half, seven. Too many questions. I love the Diaz picks. I love the Diaz picks. Yeah, but but in comparison, when you compare, when you combine Diaz with those others, with the other minutes risks, it's risky. Mm. All right, FPL noodles. 
Onana, Chobo, Gabriel, Stupinian, Martinelli, Saka, Rashford, Bruno, Jackson, Harlem, and Kunku. First team we've seen with double Chelsea strikers, double Arsenal mid, double United mid. For the creativity, I will go for an 8 out of 10. Yeah, well, it was the Sheffield United defender who was actually a bit of a monster as well. He's on the bench. It's the first time I've seen him appear yet. What's his name? Nima, what's his name? Kaboro. No, the Sheffield United defender. What's his name? There isn't one there. He's playing against Sheffield United. Yeah, is it? No, he's not. It was, oh, am I blind? <laughs> yeah, you are blind. It's a, oh, a shit. Well, he was he's playing United. against Sheffield United. He looked like a, he looked like a Sheffield United. <laughs> Mate, it's, it's two o'clock in the no, morning. I need to go to bed. Just go for that. The double Chelsea attack is a great choice after game week. Well, after game week one. Really. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. In fact, right, it's a, what's wrong with it in game week one against Liverpool? The shit. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Luffy, Aditya, Flecken, Chilwell, Gabriel, Stupinan, Eze, Saka, Salah, Bruno, Diaby, Jackson, Haaland. Variation of many of the teams we've seen. I'll go seven and a half out of ten. Six. Seven. It's a bit like the, it's a bit like the Morgan Wise sketch. She's got all the right players, just not at the right time. You know, it's, it's yeah. I, I, I like it though. It's like Jackson yeah. instead of Watkins, Diaby instead of oh, a second a few... Arsenal attacker. I really can't see this Jackson pick. I mean, if you've got 0.5 extra, you've got to go in Cuckoo. Yeah, I mean, does he, does I agree. He, I just can't know. Ujan Gosh, Onana, Stupinian, Stones, Chilwell, Mitoma, Sun, Foden, Sakharashford, Darwin, Harlan. Darwin's a problem there. That's it. Second strike um, of Darwin. Sun, you could argue you could save yourself half a million and go down to um, Bruno and really attack that, that fixture. But I mean, Brentford away maybe is not that easy for Spurs. It's not seven, seven, out, seven out of ten. I don't understand why you go Sun when Madison's seven point five. Yeah, I'll go seven out of ten. FPL Dodger roast away. Onana, Gabriel, Stones, Dallow. First Dallow we've seen. Foden, Matoma, Sakarash for Jackson, Darwin, Harland, Chilwell on the bench. Seven out of ten. There's a lot of seven out of ten. Double United defense. I'm not so sure yeah. on that. Marks it down. Um, Harland, well, is it is it even yeah. double United defence? I mean, Wan-Bissaka's been getting the nod here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. So, well, actually, and he he popped up on the defence metrics very, very yeah. highly indeed. If he was actually going to get his minutes, is actually really good value. It's it's a simple formula. Wan-Bissaka yeah. will play against the good attacking sides. Delo will play against the weak yeah. sides. Yeah, which Mercia Sotan guys. Johnson, yeah. Estupinian, Gabriel, Shaw, Martinelli, Saka, Rashford, Foden, Bruno, Haaland, Alvarez. I'm going nine out of ten here. I don't all, like... is, all they're missing is a Liverpool player. No, what they're missing is... They're missing is a route to Chelsea in game week three. That's what they're Chilwell's missing. there. Chilwell's there. No, the, the attack. No. The, the, yeah. Alvarez, if he doesn't... Work out, you sell him. You're selling. If you're going to sell Alvarez when you know you've got decent fixtures coming up in game week four, it's it's going to make you yeah, think. Yeah, sell it if he doesn't. What play. is he? Six point. How much is he? Six point five. He's not, not. You need more money to get to get Jackson in at least. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't need much. You just sell Bruno if he doesn't work out. Or Foden. I, I mean, I just six point five million. I, I for for I, me, Ducky, the way I look at it is, I'm not making any transfer in game week two. So whenever I look at any of these game week one teams, I'm viewing them from the lens of like. In game week three, is there two free transfers I can make? And yeah, I can sell Foden or Bruno, one of them, and change one of uh, Haaland or Semenyo. But, but you know, yeah, but you know Bruno's going to come good. You only gave him three weeks. 
Yeah, it's true. You probably want him for a longer term, but you might sell one of Rashford or Bruno if United don't turn out to score many goals, right? Like, well, if you go yeah, for double, right. they don't I, do well. It's why I wouldn't have both of them from the start, but people seem to love it. So. I, I agree. So let's keep going. Um, we're almost there. Only United matters. Onana, Gabriel, Chilwell, Stone, Saka, Diaby, Rashford, Foden, Jesus, Darwin, Haaland. I think that has gone Nacho on the bench. I would not use that spot on Nacho. I think he's a great player. I just don't think I would want to spend the extra on the sub if they're not going to be a guaranteed player themselves. I will give this one a... for the Because of Darwin, I'll go 7 out of 10. If that was Watkins, for example, or a Chelsea attacker, I'd probably go 8 out of 10. So it says short show more replies because these are the ones where it thinks they said something like offensive or racist or derogatory or... Twitter's trying to ban them, basically. But um, Harry Krishna says, Onana, Gabriel, Estupin, and Tarkovsky, Matoma, Saka, Rashford, Foden, Sadler, Pedro, Holland, Captain, Mubama on the bench with Henry. What are we going for this one? I, I still go like, it's got Salah and Holland, Pedro instead of a Chelsea attacker. It's close. Seven and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're getting a lot of the same now. It's kind yeah, of I think we're, should we? Should we, should right, we I, think, I, I think I think now we wrap it up. We're at two hour thirty, like we said. I'm just going to scroll. I'm just going to say one thing. I'm just going to say one thing. Whilst we were mess messing around, I tinkered with my team to try and tinker Alvarez in, and I'll tell you now, it's going to give you a big headache in game week three when you've got Alvarez in your team along with someone like Kunku and Haaland. Because what you're going to do with respect, if you if you what if you you you, you might want Watkins, you've got Alvarez sat in there. I think it makes it tricky. I just had a little bit of a look at it. Fair enough. Okay, so because we've seen most of these teams already, I'm just going to scroll down and we're going to get out of here, Chris. I promise. But I just want to scroll down just to see if there's anything that's even slightly different to what. Well, I'm you saying. better hurry up because you've got about thirty seconds before I disappear. All right, so next team, we, so we've seen this team already. If you if you go back to one of the other roasts we did, we would have given our opinions on all these players. Uh, freemium, we've not seen this. Haaland, Kane, Saka, Salah, Eze and McNeil, Gabriel, Gehi and Mings with Gusto and Collins on the bench with Ramstel and goal. Three this is the only freemium we've seen. No. <laughs> no. So what, what what is it out of ten? What does no out of ten mean? Two. <laughs> two. Two. No. Two. Um, two, three. No. I don't even know what formation he's playing. He's playing three, four, two. He's, play- <laughs> he's playing he's playing four, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. He's playing he's Gabriel playing- Mings Gehi. Saka two, four, two. Salah Eze. He's playing three yeah, yeah, three, four, two. So that that does not look good. There's basically no eleventh man. That's what I see in that team. Uh, <laughs> gas mark eight. That's gas mark eight. That's crispy aromatic duck. Uh, Dave, can we uh, ease up on the duck cookings and roastings and eating? <laughs> um, all right. So this team similar to what we've seen before. I'm sorry, Dave Wright. I love you, but go check it. Overly out. opinionated. Does one of our friends? Um, Jesus Holland Pedro. This is similar to the teams we've seen before. Go see what we said. Leon, we've seen this team. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy, we've seen this team. All right, I think we've seen all these teams. We're done. So we've gone through about 70 teams actually in total somehow. Two hours 34 in. I'm gonna get us out of here. 
But first, a big thank you to our special guests, Robert Ducky and Luke, aka Greenback Golfer. Uh, Luke, a few people in the chat asked, how can they find you on social? They loved your views. I know you're not very active on Twitter, but they were hoping you might tell them your Twitter handle so that they could at least kind of follow you for the rare occasion you might tweet. Yeah, I'll um, I'll boost it up again. To be honest, I haven't done it for a very long time. I'm too busy with a 15-month-old and golf coaching and FPL is just a bit of fun on the side. Um, I don't really have a handle at all and I don't post anything. So the reality is I could give you whatever you want. There'd be nothing on it. <laughs> but well, well, what can they follow either way? They, should, they can they follow me on, uh, on Instagram, Greenback Golfer. Because I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start getting that going again here soon. All right, guys. So you heard channel. me here first. I'm one of your followers. So yeah, Instagram guys. So Instagram guys, if you're on podcast, Greenback Golfer on Instagram. If you don't know Robert Ducky, I don't know what you've been doing in FPL Twitter for the last three, four years. He is the king of Twitter Spaces. It's been a pleasure to have you both here. I am gonna see us out of here. I also realized I never actually put the ticker at the bottom that says, please hit like and subscribe. <laughs> um, so if you like the show, do hit like and subscribe. This is only the second time I've said it in two hours and 40 minutes. I'm solly, not solly, as we say. Um, on the way out, I'm going to just play a quick video just for the banter because we're coming up to the season starting again. If you're in London or if you're in a city that has an FPL meet, reach out to me. Make sure you go and watch some of these matches with other FPL managers and enjoy the highs and lows together. This is uh, Dred's reaction, Dred FPL, when he found out that everyone thought Rashford was injured in the first half. Just have a little quick look. So that was when they thought Rashford was getting subbed. This was once Rashford... Rashford in the bin. Uh, basically, he captained Rashford when everyone captained Haaland. Haaland ended up blanking and Rashford did very well. That is the uh, moral of the story. Cheerio, everyone, as Dredd said. Yeah. We will see you on Monday for the matchups show. Otherwise, peace yeah. out. Thank you to the guests and we will see, see you, see you all next time. See you later.